This is the uh, first and last uh, live stream crossover radio play of uh, the Political Matrix meets Super Opera Funcast. If you haven't heard my radio plays, they're on superoperafuncast.podbean.com. You just look in, I mean, you can look up, like the last one we did was My Dinner with Andre, which didn't get a whole lot of uh, downloads, so you can check that out from 2019. Before that, we've got like August Osage County. I'm just rattling off things. The Importance of Being Earnest, 12 Angry Men, the first one, uh, When Harry Met Sally, and a lot of other stuff. And then um, I for I went I didn't do it last time and did did a reading of the COVID-19 The Great Reset book. So now we're going back to finish it out with this wonderful radio play of of the Matrix which is the good one, it's the first one. So thank you so much for joining us. And we have the cast here, as you can see, it's Marcus as young Morpheus or Morpheus um, in the show. And he also plays additional characters and you'll see which ones. I'll leave that for you guys to listen to later. And Neo is played by Chris or Cy Lawson. And I am playing Trinity and Agent Smith is played by E, or Emmanuel. And we have special guest, Jack S. Jack, he is playing Cypher and Tank, as you can see. So thank you so much for joining us, and we will start very shortly, right now, pretty much. And I'm narrating as well, so I guess we'll get to it if you guys are ready. All right. <laughs> We're ready. Okay. Fade in on computer screen, so close it has no boundaries. A blinding cursor pulses in the electric darkness like a heart coursing with phosphorus light burning beneath the derma of black neon glass. A phone begins to ring. We hear it as though we were making the call. The cursor continues to throb, relentlessly patient, until... Yeah. Data now slashes across the screen, information flashing faster than we can read. Call transopt, received. 219-98-1324-18, received, log, something. Is everything in place? On screen, trace program running. We listen to the phone conversation as though we were on the third line. The man's name is Cypher, the woman Trinity. I said, is everything in place? The entire screen with race, racing columns of numbers, shimmering like green electric rivers, they rush at a 10-digit phone number in the top corner. You were supposed to relieve me. I know, but I felt like taking a shift. The area code is identified, the first three numbers suddenly fixed, leaving only seven flowing columns. You like them, don't you? You like watching them. We begin moving toward the screen, closing in as each digit is matched one by one, snapping into place like the wheels of a slot machine. Don't be ridiculous. We're going to kill them. Do you understand that? gonna die just like the others. Morpheus believes he is the one. Only two thin digits you? left. Do you? Uh, Do you? I... 
It doesn't matter what I believe. You don't, do you? If you have something to say, I suggest you say it to Morpheus. I intend to, believe me. Someone has to. The final number pops into place. Did you hear that? Hear what? On screen, trace complete. Call origin, 312-555-0690. Are you sure this line is clean? Yeah, of course I'm sure. We move still closer, the electric hum of the green numbers growing into an ominous roar. I better go. She hangs up as we pass through the numbers, entering the netherworld of the computer screen. Suddenly, a flashlight cuts open the darkness, and we find ourselves in Interior, Heart of the City Hotel, Night. The hotel was abandoned after a fire licked its way across the polyester carpeting, destroying several rooms as it spooled soot up the walls and ceiling, leaving patterns of permanent shadow. We follow four armed police officers using flashlights as they creep down the blackened hall <clears throat> and ready themselves on either side of room 303. The biggest of them violently kicks in the door. The other cops pour in behind him, guns thrust before them. That's cop. Police freeze! The room is almost devoid of furniture. There is a fold-up table and chair with a phone, a modem, and a PowerBook computer. The only light in the room is the glow of the computer. Sitting there, her hand still on the keyboard, is Trinity, a woman in black leather. Hands behind your head. Now, do it! She slowly puts her hands behind her head. Exterior, heart of the city hotel. Night, a black sedan with tented windows glides in through the police cruisers. Agent Smith, Agent Brown, and Agent Jones get out of the car. They wear dark suits and sunglasses. Even at night, they are also always hardwired. Small secret service earphones in one ear, the cord coiling back into their shirt collars. Lieutenant. Oh, shit. <laughs> Lieutenant, you were giving me specific orders. I'm just doing my job. You don't give me that jurisdiction, and you can cram it up your ass. The orders were for your protection. <laughs> I think we can handle one little girl. Send two units. They're bringing her down now. No, Lieutenant. Your men are already dead. Interior, Heart of the City Hotel. The big cop flicks out his cuffs. The other cops holding a bead. They've done this a hundred times. They know they've got her. Until the big cop reaches with the cuffs and Trinity moves. It's almost... It almost doesn't register, so smooth and fast, inhumanly fast. The eye blinks, and Trinity's palm snaps up, and the nose explodes, blood erupting. Her leg kicks with the force of a wrecking ball, and he flies back. A 250-pound sack of limp meat and bone that slams into the cop farthest from her. Trinity moves again, bullets raking the walls. 
flashlights sweeping with panic as the remaining cops try to stop a leather-clad ghost. A gun still in the cop's hand is snatched, twisted, and fired. There is a final violent exchange of gunfire, and when it's over, Trinity is the only one standing. Continued. A A flashlight rocks slowly to a stop. Shit. Exterior, heart of the city hotel. Agent Brown enters the hotel while Agent Smith heads for the alley. Interior, heart of the city hotel. Trinity is on the phone, pacing. The other end is answered. Operator. Morpheus! The line was traced. I don't know how. I know. Stay calm. They cut the hard line. Okay. Are there any agents? Yes. God damn it. You have to stay focused. There is a phone. Wells and Lax. You have you can make it. She takes a deep breath, centering herself. Alright. Go. She drops the phone. Interior. Hall. She bursts out of the room as Agent Brown enters the hall, leading another unit of police. Trinity races to the opposite end, exiting through a broken window onto the fire escape. Exterior fire escape. In the alley below, Trinity sees Agent Smith staring at her. She can only go up. Exterior roof. On the roof, Trinity is running as Agent Brown rises over the parapet, leading the cops in pursuit. Trinity begins to jump from one roof to the next, her movements so clean, gliding in and out of each jump, contrasted to the wild jumps of the cops. Agent Brown, however, has the same unnatural grace. The roof falls away into a wide back alley. The next building is over 40 feet away, but Trinity's face is perfectly calm, staring at some point beyond the other roof. That's it. We got her now. The cops slow, realizing they are about to see something ugly as Trinity drives at the edge, launching herself into the air. From above, the ground seems to flow beneath her as she hangs in flight, then hits, somersaulting up, still running hard. Jesus Christ, that's impossible. They stare, slack-jawed, as Agent Brown duplicates the move exactly, landing, rolling over a shoulder up onto one knee. It is a dizzying chase up and over the dark plateaued landscape of rooftops and sheer cliffs of brick. Ahead, she sees her only chance, 50 feet beyond the point where her path drops away into a paved chasm. There is! Exterior window, a yellow glow in the midst of a dark brick building. Trinity zeroes in on it, running as hard as she can, and, continue, uh, hurtles herself into the empty night space, her body leveling into a dive. She falls, arms covering her head as the whole world seems to spin on its axis, interior back stairwell, and she crashes with an explosion of glass and wood, then falls onto a back stairwell, tumbling, bouncing downstairs, bleeding, broken, but still alive, She wheels on the smashed opening above, her gun instantly in her hand, trained, waiting for Agent Brown, but is met by only a slight wind that hisses against the fanged mew of broken glass. Trinity tries to move. Everything hurts. 
Get up, Trinity. You're fine. Get up. Just get up. She stands and limps down the rest of the stairs. Exterior street. Trinity emerges from the shadows of an alley and at the end of the block, in a pool of white street light, she sees it. The telephone booth. Obviously hurt, she st- starts down the concrete walk, focusing in completely, her pace quickening as the phone begins to ring. Ring! Across the street, a garbage truck suddenly U-turns, its tires stream- screaming as it accelerates. Trinity sees the headlights of the truck arcing at the telephone booth as if taking aim. Gritting through the pain, she races the truck, slamming into the booth, the headlights blindingly bright, bearing down on the box of plexiglass just as she answers the phone. There is a frozen instant of silence before the hulking mass of dark metal lurches up onto the sidewalk, continued, barreling through the booth, bulldozing it into a brick wall, smashing it to plexiglass pulp. After a moment, a black loafer steps down from the cab of the garbage truck. Agent Smith inspects the wreckage. There is no body. Trinity is gone. His jaw sets as he grinds his molars in frustration. Agent Jones and Brown walk up behind him. She got out. It doesn't matter. The informant is real. We have the name of their next target. The name is Nina. The handset of the payphone lays on the ground, separated in the cra- crash like a severed limb. Go ahead. We'll need a search for you. It's over. We are sucked towards the mouthpiece of the phone, closer and closer, until the smooth gray plastic spreads out like a horizon and the small holes widen until we fall through one, swallowed by darkness. The darkness crackles with phosphorescent energy, the word searching blazing in around us as we emerge from a computer screen. The screen flickers with windowing data as a search engine runs with a Lost my place. Hold on. (laughs) Oh. We like cables. (laughs) The screen flickers with window and data as the search engine runs with a steady, relentless rhythm. We drift back from the screen and into interior Neo's apartment. It is a studio apartment that seems overgrown with technology. We like cables coil everywhere duct taped into thickets that wind up and around the legs of several desks. Tabletops are filled with cannibalized equipment that lay upon open like an autopsy's corpse. At the center of this technological rat nest is Neo, a man who knows more about living inside a computer than outside one. He is asleep in front of his PC. Behind him, the computer screen suddenly goes blank. A prompt appears. Wake up, Neo. Neo's eyes pry... Neo's eye pries open. He sits up, one eye still closed, looks ar- looking around, unsure of where he is. He notices the screen. He types Control X, but the letter T appears. Yeah. 
He hits another and an, a, and an H appears. He keeps typing, pushing random functions and keys while the computer types out a message as though it had a mind of its own. He stops and stares at the four words on the screen. The Matrix has you. He hits the escape button. Another message appears. Follow the white rabbit. He hits it again, and the message repeats. He rubs his eyes, but when he opens them, there's another message. Knock, knock, Neo. Someone knocks on his door, and he almost jumps out of his chair. He looks back at the computer, but the screen is now blank. Someone knocks again. Neo rises, still unnerved. It's joy. Neo flips a series of locks and opens the door, leaving the chain on. A young Chinese man stands there with several of his friends. He takes out an envelope and gives it to Neo through the cracked door. He closes the door. On the floor near his bed is a book, Baudrillard's Simulacra, Simulacra and Simulations. The book has been hollowed out, and inside are several computer disks. He takes one, sticks the money in the book, and drops it on the floor. He hands it to Choi. Hallelujah. My Savior, man, my own personal Jesus Christ. You get called useless. I know, I know, this never happened. You didn't exist. Neo nods as the strange feeling of unrealness suddenly returns. Something wrong, man? You look a little whiter than usual. I don't know. My computer. You ever have the feeling that you're not sure if you're awake or still dreaming? All the time. It's called mescaline anesthesia, and it is the only way to fly. Slaps the hand of his nearest drug. Sounds to me like you need to unplug, man. A little R&R. What do you think, du jour? Should we take him with us? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I'll go. Okay. Uh, he looks up at her and suddenly notices on her black leather motorcycle jacket dozens of pens, bands, symbols, slogans, military medals, and a small white rabbit. The room tilts. And then he says, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll go. That went well. Anyway, interior apartment, an older apartment, a series of halls connects a chain of small, high-ceilinged rooms lined with heavy casements. Smoke hangs like a veil, blurring the few lights there are. Dressed predominantly in black, people are everywhere, gathered in cliques around pieces of furniture like jungle cats around a tree. Continued. Neo stands against a wall, alone, slipping from a, sipping from a bottle of beer 
feeling completely out of place. He is about to leave when he notices a woman staring at him. The woman is Trinity. She walks straight up to him. In the nearest room, shadow-like figures grind against each other in the pneumatic beat of industrial music. Hello, Neo. How do you know that name? I know a lot about you. I've been wanting to meet you for some time. Who are you? My name is Trinity. Trinity. The Trinity. The Trinity that cracked the IRS database? That was a long time ago. Jesus. What? I, I just thought you were a guy. Most guys do. Do you want to go somewhere and talk? No. It's safe here and I don't have much time. The music is so loud they must stand very close, talking directly into each other's ear. That was you on my computer? She nods. How, how did you do that? Right now, all I can tell you is that you are in danger. I brought you here to warn you. Of what? They're watching you, Neo. Who is? Please, just listen. I know why you're here, Neo. I know what you've been doing. I know why you hardly sleep, why you live alone, and why, night after night, you sit at your computer. You're looking for him. Her body is against his, her lips very close to his ear. I know because I was once looking for the same thing. But when he found me, he told me I wasn't really looking for him. I was looking for an answer. There is a hypnotic quality to her voice, and Neo feels the words, like a drug, seeping into him. It's the question that drives us, the question that brought you here. You know the question, just as I did. What is the Matrix? When I asked him, he said that no one could ever be told the answer to that question. They have to see it to believe it. She leans close, her lips almost touching his ear. The answer is out there, Neo. It's looking for you, and it will find you, and if you, only if you want it to. She turns, and he watches her melt into the shifting wall of bodies. A sound rises steadily, growing out of the music, pressing in on Neo until it is all he can hear as we cut to interior Neo's apartment. The sound is an alarm clock, slowly dragging Neo to consciousness. He strains to read the clock face, 9.15 a.m., Exterior, Skyscraper, the downtown office of Metacortex, a software development company. Interior, Metacortex office. The main offices are along each wall, the windows overlooking downtown. Reinhardt, the ultimate company man, lectures Neo without looking at him, typing at his computer continuously. Neo stares at two window cleaners on a scaffolding outside dragging their rubber squeegees down the surface of the glass. You seem... Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> no, you're all good. <laughs> you have a problem with authority, Mr. Anderson. You believe that you are special. Somehow the rules do not apply to you. Obviously, you are mistaken. His long, bony fingers <laughs> resume clicking on the keyboard. This company is one of the top software companies in the world because every single employee understands that they are part of a whole. Thus, 
If an employee has a problem, the company has a problem. Yes, Mr. Reinhardt, perfectly clear. The time has come for you to make a choice, Mr. Anderson. Either you choose to be at your desk on time from this day forth, or you choose to find yourself another job. Yes, Mr. Reinhardt, perfectly clear. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Interior, Neo's cubicle. The entire floor looks like a human honeycomb with a labyrinth of cubicles structured around a, a core of elevators. Thomas Anderson! Neo turns and finds a Federal Express guy at his cubicle door. Yeah, that's me. Neo signs the electronic pad and then FedEx guy hands him the soft pack. Have a nice day! He opens the bag. Inside is a cellular phone. It seems the instant it is in his hand, it rings. Unnerved, he flips it open. Hello. Hello, Neil. Do you know who this is? Morpheus? I've been looking for you, Neil. I don't know if you're ready to see what I want to show you, but unfortunately we're out of time. They're coming for you, Neil. And I'm not sure what they're going to do. Who's coming for me? Stand up and see for yourself. Right now? Yes, now. Holy shit. What the hell do they want from me? Yes. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but if you don't want to find out, you better get out of there. How? I can guide you out, but you have to do exactly what I say. The you agents are moving out. quickly towards the cubicle, just to give you an idea of what's happening. The cubicle across from you is empty. But, but what if... Go, now! Neo lunges across the hall, diving into the other cubicle just as the agents turn into his row. Neo crams himself into a dark corner, <laughs> clutching the phone tightly to him. Stay here for a moment. The agents enter Neo's empty cubicle. A cop is sent to search the bathroom. Morpheus' voice is a whisper in, e in Neo's ear. A little longer. Brown is talking to another employee. When I tell you, Go to the end of the row at the first office on the left. Stay as low as you can. Sweat trickles down his forehead. Now. Come on, Neo. Neo rolls out of the cubicle. <laughs> his eyes popping as he freezes right behind a cop who has just turned right around. And staying crouched, he sneaks away down the road, shooting across the opening to the first office on the left. Interior, empty office. The room is empty. Duh. Good. Outside there is a scaffold. How do you know all this? <laughs> the answer is coming, Neo. There is a window in front of you. Open it. He opens the window. The wind howls into the room. You can use the scaffold to get to the roof. No way. No way. This is crazy. 
There is a ledge. It's a short climb. You can make it. Neo looks down. The building's glass wall verticos into a concrete chasm. There's only two ways out of this building. One is that scalpel. The other is in their custody. You take the chance either way. I leave it up to you. Click. He hangs up. Neo looks at the door, then back at the scaffold. This is insane. Why is this happening to me? What did I do? I'm nobody. I didn't do anything. He climbs up onto the window ledge. Hanging onto the frame, he steps onto the small ledge. The scaffold seems even farther away. I'm going to die. The wind suddenly blasts up the face of the building, <sighs> knocking Neo off balance. Recoiling, the cl he clings harder to the frame and the foam falls out of his hand. He watches it as it is swallowed by the distance beneath him. This is insane. I can't do this. Forget it. He climbs back into the office just as a cop opens the door. Shit. Exterior, skyscraper. The, the agents lead a handcuffed Neo out of the revolving doors, forcing his head down as they push him into the dark sedan. Trinity watches in the rearview mirror of her motorcycle. Shit. Interior, interrogation room. Close on a camera monitor. A wide-angle view of a white room where Neo is sitting at a table alone. We move into the monitor, entering the room as if the monitor was a window. At the same moment, the door opens and the agents enter. Agent Smith sits down across from Neo. A thick manila envelope slaps down on the table. The name on the file. Thomas, I mean, Anderson Thomas A. As you can see, we've had our eye on you for some time now, Mr. Anderson. He opens the file. Paper, paper rattle marks the silence as he flips several pages. Neo cannot tell if he is looking at the file or at him. It seems that you have been living two lives. In one life, you are Thomas A. Anderson, program writer for a respectable software company. You have a social security number, you pay your taxes, and you help your landlady carry out her garbage. The other life, is lived in computers where you go by the hacker alias Neo and are guilty and are guilty of virtually every computer crime we have a law. <laughs> One of these lives has a future. One of them does not. I am going to be as forthcoming as I can, Miss Hands. You are here because we need your help. He removes his sunglasses. His eyes are an unnatural ice blue. We know that you have been contacted by a certain individual. A man who calls himself Morris. Whatever you think you know about the man is irrelevant. The fact that he is wanted for acts of terrorism in more countries than any other man in the world. He is considered by many, to, by many authorities to be the most dangerous man alive. My colleagues believe that I am wasting my time with you, but I believe that you want to do the right thing. 
It is obvious that you are a very intelligent man, Mr. Anderson, and you are interested in the future. That is why I believe you are ready to put your past mistakes behind you in Kitan. Neo tries to match a stare. We are willing to wipe the slate clean. To give you a fresh start, and all we are asking in return is your cooperation in bringing a known terrorist to justice. Neo nods to himself. Yeah. Wow. Sounds like a real good deal. But I think I have a better one. How about I just give you the... And you give me my phone call. Agent Smith puts his glasses back on. You disappoint me, Mr. Anderson. Can't scare me with this Gestapo crap. I know my rights. I want my call. And tell me, Mr. Anderson, what good is a phone call if you are unable to speak? The question unnerves Neo, and strangely, he begins to feel the muscles in his jaw tighten. The standing agents snicker, watching Neo's confusion <laughs> grow into panic. Neo feels his lips grow soft and sticky as they slowly seal shut, melting into each other until all traces of his mouth are gone. Wild with fear, he lunges for the door, but the agents restrain him, holding him in the chair. You are going to help us, Mr. Anderson, whether you want to or not. Smith nods, and the other two rip open his shirt from a case taken out of his suit coat. Smith removes a long fiber optic wire tap. Neo struggles helplessly as Smith dangles the wire over his exposed abdomen. Horrified, he watches as the electronic device animates, becoming an organic creature that resembles a hybrid of an insect and a fluke worm. Thin, whisker-like tendrils reach out and probe into Neo's navel. He bucks <laughs> wildly as Smith drops the creature, which looks for a moment like an uncut umbilical cord, before it begins to furrow its tail, thrashing as it worms its way inside. Interior, near Neo's apartment, night, screaming. Neo bolts upright in bed. He realizes that he is home. Was it a dream? His mouth is normal. His stomach looks fine. He starts to take a deep, everything is okay, breath when the phone rings. It almost stops his heart. It continues ringing, building pressure in the room, forcing him out of bed, sucking him in with an almost gravitational force. He answers it, saying nothing. The line is tapped, so I must be brief. The agents. They got to you first, but they've underestimated how important you are. If they knew what I know, you'd probably be dead. What are you talking about? What the hell is happening? You're the one, Neil. You see, you've spent your life last few years looking for me, but I've spent my whole life looking for you. Do you still want to meet? <laughs> Go to the Adam Street Bridge. Click. 
He closes his eyes, unsure of what he has done. Exterior, city street, night. It is just beyond the middle of the night. That time when it seems there are no rules and everything feels unsafe. Neo's boots scrape against the concrete. Every pair of eyes he passes seems to follow him. Rain pours from a black sky. As he reaches the bridge, headlights creep in behind him. He turns just as the car slightly slides quickly to a stop beside him. The back door opens. Get in! Interior car. A large man named Apoc is driving. Behind, beside him is a beautiful androgynous person called Switch, aiming a large gun at Neo. Window wipers beat heavily against the windshield. What the hell is this? It's necessary, Neo, for our protection. From what? From you. She lifts a strange steel and glass device that looks like a cross between a rib, rib separator, speculum, and air compressor. Take off your shirt. He looks at the strange device and the gun still trained on him. What? Why? Stop the car. APOC does. Listen to me, Copper Top. We don't have time for 20 questions. Right now, there is only one rule. Our way or the highway. Neo opens the door. Neo, please, you have to trust me. Why? Because you've been there, down there, Neo. You already know that road. You know exactly where it ends. Neo stares out into the streets of rain railing against the dark street beyond the open door. And I know that's not where you want to be. He closes the door. Exterior, dark night. Dark night, sorry. Dark street. A moment later, the green street lights curve over the car's tinted windshield as it rushes through the wet underworld. Interior, car. Neo grudgingly strips off his t-shirt. Lie back. Trinity aims the device at Neo, its glass snout forming a seal over his navel. Switch snaps a cable into the front seat cigarette lighter. What is this thing? We think you're bugged. Try to relax. She turns a dial and the machine... Bears down on Neo's midsection, the cylinder sucking hard at his stomach. Neo, Neo screams, <laughs> squinting in pain as Trinity watches the needle on the pressure gauge climb steadily. Come on, come on! On a small monitor that projects an ultrasound-like image, we see Neo's insides begin to slither and churn. He, gra- he gasps as something wiggles beneath his skin inside his stomach. It's on the move. Shit. You're going to lose it. No, I'm not clear. The foreboding word hangs in Neo's ear for a moment when Trinity squeezes a trigger. Electric current hammers into Neo and rigid convulsions take hold of him beneath the flickering car lamp until something finally rockets wetly out of Neo's stomach through the (laughs) extractor's coils. Jesus Christ! It's real! That thing is real! (laughs) Um, Trinity lifts a glass cage at the end of the tubing. Inside, the small fluke-like bug flips and squirms its tendrils... (laughs) 
<laughs> flapping against the clear walls. She unroils, unrolls the window and dumps it out. Exterior car. It hits the pavement with a metallic tink reverted back into a common wire tap as the car disappears into the rainy night. Exterior. Hotel Lafayette. The car stops in a deserted alley behind a forgotten hotel. Interior. Hotel Lafayette. It is a place of putrefying elegance, a rotting host of urban maggotry. Trinity leads Neo from the stairwell down the hall of the 13th floor. They stop outside room 1313. This is it. Neo can hear his own heart pounding. Let me give one piece of advice. Be honest. He knows more than you can possibly imagine. Interior, room 1313. Across the room, a dark figure stares out the tall windows, veiled with decaying lace. He turns and his smile lights up the room. A dull roar of thunder shakes the old building. He wears a long black coat and his eyes are invisible behind circular mirrored glasses. He strides to Neo and they shake hands. Welcome, Neo. As you no doubt have guessed, I am Morpheus. It's an honor. No, the honor is mine. Please, come sit. He nods to Trinity and she exits through a door to an adjacent room. They sit across room one another in across from one another in cracked burgundy leather chairs. I imagine right now you must be feeling a little bit like Alice, tumbling down the rabbit hole. You could say that. I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees. Because he's expecting to wake up. Ironically, that's not far from the truth. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Can you tell Neo? Why are you here? Can you tell me, Neo? Why are you here? Neo. You're Morpheus. You're a legend. Most hackers are dying to meet you. Yes, thank you. But I think we both know there's more to it than that. You believe in fate, Neo? No. Why not? Because I don't like the idea that I'm not in control of my life. I know exactly what you mean. Let me tell you why you are here. You have come because you know something. What you know you cannot explain, but you feel it. You felt it your whole life. Felt that something is wrong with the world. You don't know what, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind, driving you mad. It is the feeling that brought you to me. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Matrix. Do you want to know what it is? I do. Hmm. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Here in this room. You can see it on your window or on your television. You feel it when you go to work. 
or go to church or pay your taxes. It's the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave here. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, kept inside a prison that you cannot smell, taste, or touch. A prison for your mind. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. Morpheus opens his hands. In the right is a red pill, in the left a blue pill. This is your last chance. After this, there is no going back. You take the blue pill and the story ends here. You wake up in your bed and you believe whatever you want to believe. The pills in his open hands are reflected in the glasses. You take the red pill and stay in Wonderland and I'll show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Neo feels the smooth skin of the capsules, the moisture growing in his palms. Remember that all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. Continued. Neo opens his mouth and swallows the red pill. The Cheshire smile returns. Follow me. Interior, other room. He leads Neo into the other room, which is cramped with high-tech equipment, glowing ash blue and electric green from the racks of monitors. Trinity, APOC, Switch, and Cypher look up as they enter. APOC, are we online? Almost. He and Trinity are working quickly, hardwiring a complex system of monitors, modules, and drives. Neo. Time is always against us. Will you take a seat there? Neo sits in a chair in the center of the room, and Trinity begins gently fixing white electrode discs to him. Near the chair is an old oval dressing mirror that is cracked. He whispers to Trinity. You did all this? She nods, placing a set of headphones over his ears. They are wired to an old hotel phone. The pill that you took is part of a trace program. It is designed to disrupt your input-output carrier signal so we can pinpoint your location. What does that mean? It means buckle up, Dorothy, because Kansas is going bye-bye. <laughs> Continued. Distantly, through the earphones, he hears Apoc pounding on a keyboard. Sweat beads his face. His eyes blink and twitch when he notices the mirror. Wide-eyed, he stares at it as it begins to heal itself, a webwork of cracks that slowly run together as though the mirror were becoming liquid. Did you? Cypher works with APOC, checking reams of phosphorescent data. Trinity monitors Neo's electric vital signs. Neo reaches out to touch the mirror, and his fingers disappear through the rippling surface, beneath the rippling surface. Quickly, uh, he tries to pull his fingers out, but the mirror stretches in 
long rubbery strands like mirrored taffy stuck to his fingertips. Have you ever had a dream, Neo, that you were so sure was real? A flash of lightning flickers white hot against Neo. This can't be. Be what? Be real? The strands thin like rubber cement as he pulls away until the fragile wisps of mirror thread break. What if you weren't able to wake from that dream, Neo? How would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world? Neo looks at his hand, fingers distended into mirrored icicles that begin to melt rapidly, dripping, running like wax down his fingers, spreading across his palm where he sees his face reflected. Uh-oh. It's going into replication. Apoch. Still nothing. Morpheus takes out a cellular phone and dials a number. Tank, we're going to need a signal soon. The mirror gel seems to come to life, racing, crawling up his arms like hundreds of insects. The mirror creeps up his neck as Neo begins to panic, tipping his head as though he were sinking into the mirror, trying to keep his mouth up. It's cold. I got fibrillation. Shit, Apoch. Streams of mercury. (laughs) Streams of mercury run from Neo's nose. Targeting. Almost there. An alarm erupts. He's going into arrest. Locke, I got this. Now, Tank, now. His eyes tear with mirror rolling up and closing as a high-pitched electric scream erupts in the headphones. It is a piercing shriek like a computer calling to another computer. Neo's body arches in agony and we are pulled like we were pulled into the holes of the phone, sucked into his scream and swallowed by darkness. Interior power plant close on man's body floating in a magenta amnion. Continued. His body spasms, fighting against the thick gelatin. Metal tubes, surreal versions of hospital tubes, obscure his face. Other lines, like IVs, are connected to limbs and cover his genitals. He is struggling desperately now. Air bubbles into the jello, but does not break the surface. Pressing up, the surface distends stretching like a red rubber cocoon. Unable to breathe, he fights wildly to stand, clawing at the thinning elastic shroud until it ruptures, a hole widening around his mouth as he sucks for air. Tearing himself free, he emerges from the cell. It is Neo. He is bald and naked, his body slick with gelatin. Dizzy, nauseous, he waits for his vision to focus. He is standing in an oval capsule of clear alloy filled with magenta gelatin, the surface of which has solidified like curdled milk. The IVs in his arms are plugged into outlets that appear to be grafted to his flesh. He feels the weight of another cable and reaches up to the back of his head where he finds an enormous coaxial plugged and logged in, locked into the base of his skull. He tries to pull it out, but it would be easier to pull off a fin- finger. To either side, he sees another. He sees other tubed 
tube-shaped pods filled with magenta gelatin. Beneath the wax-like surface, pale and motionless, he sees other human beings. Fanning out in a circle, there are more, all connected to a center core, each capsule like a red, dimly glowing petal attached to a black metal stem. Above him, level after level, the stem rises seemingly forever. He moves to the foot of the capsule and looks out. The image assaults his mind. Towers of glowing petals spiral up to incomprehensible heights, disappearing down into a dim murk like an underwater abyss. His sight is blurred and warped, exaggerating the intensity of the vision. The sound of the plant is like the sound of the ocean heard from inside the belly of Leviathan. Leviathan, sorry. Um, from above, a machine drops directly in front of Neo. He swallows his scream as it st- seems to stare at him. It is almost insect-like in its design. Beautiful housings of alloy metal covering organic-like systems of hard and soft polymers. The machine seizes hold of Neo, paralyzing him as the cable lock at the back of his neck spins and opens. The cable disengages itself. A long, clear plastic needle and cerebrum chip slides from the interior of Neo's skull with an ooze of blood and spinal fluid. The other connective hoses snap free and snake away as the machine lets Neo go. Suddenly... The back of the unit opens, and a tremendous vacuum like an airplane door opening sucks the gelatin and then Neo into a black hole. Interior, waistline. The pipe is a waste disposal system, and Neo falls, sliding with the clot of gelatin, banking through pipe spirals and elbows, flushing up through grease traps clogged with oily clamps of cellulite. Interior, sewer, main. Neo begins to drown when he is suddenly snatched from the flow of waste. The metallic cable then lifts, pulling him up into the belly of the futuristic flying machine hovering inside the sewer main. Interior, hovercraft. The metal harness opens and drops the half-conscious Neo onto the floor. Human hands and arms help him up as he finds himself looking straight at Morpheus. He smiles. Welcome to the real world, Neo. Neo passes out. Fade in. Interior. Hovercraft. We have no sense of time. We hear voices whispering. We've done it, Trinity. We've found him. I know you're right. I mean, I hope you're right. <laughs> Oops. I hope you're right. I don't have to hope. I know it. Neo's eyes flutter open. We see Morpheus' face above us, angelic in the fluorescent glow of... A light stick. Am I dead? Far from it. Fade to black. Interior, hovercraft, infirmary. He opens his eyes again, something tingling through him. He focuses and sees his body pierced with dozens of acupuncture-like needles wired to a strange device. What are you doing? Your muscles have atrophy. We're rebuilding them. Fluorescent light sticks burn unnaturally bright. 
Why do my eyes hurt? You've never used them before. Morpheus closes Neo's eyes and Neo lays back. Rest, Neo. The answers are coming. Interior, Neo's room. Neo wakes up from a deep sleep, feeling better. He begins to examine himself. There is a futuristic IV plugged into the jack in his forearm. He pulls it out, staring at the grafted outlet. He runs his hand over the short hair now covering his head. His fingers find and explore the large outlet in the base of his skull. Just as he starts to come unglued, Morpheus opens the door. Morpheus, what's happened to me? What is this place? More important than what is when? When? You believe the year is 1997, when in fact it is much closer to 2197. I can't say for certain what year it was, because we honestly don't know. The wind is knocked from Neo's chest. There is no reason for me to try to explain it when I can simply show you. Come with me. Interior hovercraft. Like a sweep, sleepwalker, Neo follows Nor- Morpheus through the ship. This is my ship, the Nebuchadnezzar. It's a hovercraft. Small like a submarine. It's cramped and cold, but it's home. They climb a ladder up to the main deck. Interior main deck. Everyone is there. This is the main deck. You know most of my crew. Trinity smiles and nods. The ones you don't know, that's Mouse, Cypher, and Switch. Those two guys are Tank and Dozer. And this, this is the core. This is where we broadcast our pirate signal and hack into the Matrix. It is a swamp of bizarre electronic equipment. Vines of coaxial hang and snake to and from. Huge monolithic battery slabs, a black portable satellite dish, and banks of life systems and computer monitors. At the center of the web, there are six ectoskeleton chairs made of a polyalloy frame and suspension harness. Near the circle of chairs is the control console and operator station where the network is monitored. You want to know what the Matrix is, Neo? The answer is right here. He touches the back of Neo's head. Help him, Trinity. Neo allows himself to be helped into one of the chairs. He feels Morpheus guiding a coaxial line into the jack at the back of his neck. The cable has the same kind of cerebrum chip we saw inside the plant. This will feel a little weird. There are several disturbing noises as he works the needle in. We move in as Neo's shoulders hunch and his face tightens into a grimace until a loud click fires and his ears pop like when you equalize from underwater. He relaxes, opening his eyes as we pull back to a feeling of weightlessness inside another place. Interior. Construct. Neo is standing in an empty, black, blank white space. This is the construct. Startled, Neo whips around and finds Morpheus now in the room with him. It is our loading program. 
We can know anything from clothes to weapons to training simulations. Anything we need. Morpheus walks past Neo, and when Neo turns, he sees the two leather chairs from the Hotel Lafayette set up in the front of a large screen television. Sit down, Neo. Neo stands at the back of the chair as Morpheus sits. Right now, we're inside a computer program. (laughs) It is hard to believe. Is it so hard to believe? Your clothes are different. The plugs on your arms and head are gone. Look at your hair. You were bald a moment ago. He t- Neo touches his head. It's what we call residual self-image. The mental projection of your electronic self. Wild, isn't it? Neo's hands run over the cracked lever. This... This isn't real. What is real? Do you define real? If you're... Talking about what you feel, taste, smell, or see, then real is simply electrical signals interpreted by your brain. He picks up a remote control and clicks on the television. On the television, we see images of the 20th century city where Neo lived. This is the world you know. The world as it was at the end of the 20th century. It exists now only as part of a neural interactive simulation that we call the Matrix. He changes the channel and we see a very different city as we enter the television. You have been living in a dream world, Neo. As in Baldrin's vision, your whole life has been spent inside the map, not the territory. This is the world as it exists today. In the distance, we see the ruins of a future city protruding from the wasteland like the blackened ribs of a long-dead corpse. The desert of the reef. Beneath us, the water is gone. We turn and descend, spiraling down toward the lake bed, which is scorched and split like burnt flesh, where we find Morpheus and Neo. Neo clings to the chair, trying to get his bearings. We only have bits and pieces of information. What we know for certain is that at some point in the early 20th century, all of mankind was united in celebration. Through the blinding inebriation and hubris, we marveled at our magnificence as we gave birth to AI. AI? You mean artificial intelligence? Yes. A singular consciousness that spawned an entire race of machines. I must say I find it almost funny to imagine the world slapping itself on the back, toasting the new age. I say almost funny. He looks up and his sunglasses reflect the obsidian clouds rolling overhead. We don't know who struck first, us or them, but we do know it was us that scorched the sky. At the time, they were dependent on solar power. It was believed they would be unable to survive without an energy source as abundant as the sun. As we descend into the circular window of his glasses, there is a flash of lightning. Throughout human history, we have been dependent on machines to survive. Fate, it seems, is without a sense of irony. Not without. Exterior fetus fields on the flesh we pull back from the darkness which reveals itself to be the black eye of a fetus. The machines discovered a new form of fusion. 
All they needed was a small electrical charge to initiate the reaction. The fetus is suspended in a placenta-like husk where its malleable skull is already growing around the brain shack. The human body generates more bioelectricity than a 120-volt battery and over 20,000 BTUs of body heat. The husk hanging from a stalk is plucked by a thresher-like farm machine. There are fields, endless fields, where human beings are no longer born. We are grown. We rise up, the field stretching in every direction to the horizon. Lightning tearing open the sky as a harvester sweeps past us. Interior, power plant. From the yawning black of the waste port, we begin to pull back as it snaps shut. Red amniotic gel flows into the pod below us, pulling around a tiny newborn that suckles its feed tube. For the longest time, I wouldn't believe it, but then I saw the fields with my own eyes, watched them liquefy the dead so they could feed intravenously to the living and standing there, facing the efficiency, the pure, horrifying precision, I came to realize the obviousness of the truth. Still pulling back, we see the image of the power plant now on the television as we return to this white space of the construct, interior construct. Morpheus steps into view as he clicks off the television. What is the matrix control? He opens the back of the television remote control. The matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being into this. He holds up a copper top battery. No, I don't believe it. It's not possible. I didn't say it would be easy, Neil. I just said it would be the truth. Stop. Let me out. I want out. Interior, main deck. His eyes snap open and he thrashes against the chair, trying to rip the cable from the back of his neck. Get this thing out of me. Easy, Neo. Easy. Dozer holds him while Trinity unlocks it. Once it's out, his t- he tears away from them, f- falling as he trips free of the harness. Don't touch me. Get away from me. On his hands and knees, he reels as the world spins. Sweat pours off him as a pressure builds inside his skull as if his brain had been put into a centrifuge. I, I don't believe it. I, I don't believe it. He's gonna pop. Vomiting violently, Neo pitches forward, <laughs> blocks out. Interior Neo's room. He blink. He blinks, regaining consciousness. The room is dark. Neo is stretched out in his on his bed. Morphe is sitting like a shadow on a chair in the far corner. No, but if you could, would you really want to? I feel I owe you an apology. There's a rule. We do not free mine, free a mine, once it's reached a certain age. It is dangerous. They could have trouble letting go. Their mind turns against them. I've seen it happen. I'm sorry. I broke the rule because I had to. 
He stares into the darkness. When the Matrix was first built, there was a man born inside that had the ability to change what he wanted to, to remake the Matrix as he saw fit. It was this man that freed the first of us and taught us the truth. As long as the Matrix exists, the human race will never be free. <clears throat> when he died, the Oracle prophesied his return and envisioned that his coming would hail the destruction of the Matrix and an end to the war and freedom for our people. That is why there are those of us that have spent our entire lives looking, searching, the Matrix, looking for him. I did what I did because I believe the search is over. He stands up. Get some rest. You're going to need it. For what? Your training. Interior, hovercraft, there is no morning. There is only darkness and then the fluorescent lights sticks flicker on. Interior, Neo's room. Neo is awake in his bed, staring up at the lights. The door opens and Tank steps inside. Morning. Did you sleep? No. You will tonight. I guarantee it. I'm Tank. I'll be your operator. He offers his, his hand and Neo shakes it. He notices that Tank doesn't have any jacks. Any holes? No. Me and my brother Dozer, we were 100% pure old-fashioned homegrown. He was born free right here in free rule. Genuine child of Zion. Zion? If this war ended tomorrow, Zion is where the party would be. It's a city. Yeah, it's the last human city. It's the only place we got left. <laughs> where is it? Kind of like deep underground near the Earth's core, where it's like still warm. You live long enough, you might even see it. Goddamn, I got to tell you, I'm fairly excited to see what you're capable of. I mean, if Morpheus right about all this shit and whatnot, we're not supposed to talk about any of that. <laughs> but if you are, well, this is going to be an exciting time. We've got a lot to do, so let's get to it. Interior, main deck. Neo is plugged in, hanging in one of the suspension chairs. Continue. We're supposed to load all these operation programs first, but this is some major boring shit. Why don't we start with something a little fun? Tank smiles as he plops into his operator's chair. He begins flipping through a tall carousel loaded with microdiscs. How about some combat training? Neo reads the label on the disc. Jiu-jitsu. I'm going to learn jiu-jitsu. Tank slides the disc into Neo's supplement drive. Smiling, Tank punches the load code. His body jumps against the harness as his eyes clamp shut. The monitors kick wildly as his heart pounds adrenaline surges. And his brain sizzles. An instant later, his eyes snap open. Holy shit. Hey, Mikey, he likes it. Ready for more? Hell yes. 
Interior main deck, close on a computer monitor as gray pixels slowly fill a small half-empty box. It is a meter displaying how much download time is left. The title bar reads, Combat Series 10 of 12, file categories flashing beneath it, Savate, Jiu-Jitsu, Kimpo, Drunken Boxing, Morpheus Walks In. Oh, is he? 10 hours straight, he's a machine. Neo's body spasms and relaxes as his eyes open, breath hissing from his lips. He looks like he just orgasmed. <sighs> this is incredible. <laughs> I know Kung Fu. Show me. Interior dojo. They are standing in a very sparse Japanese-style dojo. This is a sparring program. Similar to the program Reality of the Matrix. It has the same basic rules. Rules like gravity. What you must learn is that these rules are no different than the rules of a computer system. Some of them can be bent. Others can be broken. Understand? Neo nods as Morpheus assumes a fighting stance. Then hit me, if you can. Neo assumes a similar stance, cautiously circling until he gives a short cry and launches a fu furious attack. It is like a Jackie Chan movie at high speed, fists and feet striking from every angle as Neo presses his attack, but each and every blow is blocked by effortless speed. Interior, main deck, while their winds battle in the minds while their minds battle in the programmed reality the two bodies appear quite serene suspended in the drive chairs tank monitors their life systems noticing that neo is wildly and chaotically lit up as opposed to the slow and steady rhythm of morpheus mouse bursts into the room interrupting dinner Morpheus is fighting Neo! <laughs> All at once, everyone bolts for the door. Interior dojo. Neo's face is knotted, teeth clenched, as he hurls himself at Morpheus. Good. Adaptation, improvisation, but your weakness isn't your technique. Morpheus attacks him, and it is like nothing we have seen. His feet and fists are everywhere, taking Neo apart. For every blow Neo blocks, five more hit their marks until Neo falls. Panting on his hands and knees, blood spits from his mouth, speckling the white floor of the dojo. How did I beat you? You're too fast. Do you think my being faster, stronger, has anything to do with my muscles in this place? Neo's frustrated, still unable to catch his breath. Do you believe that's air you're breathing now? Neo stands, nodding slowly. Again. Their fists fly with pneumatic speed. Interior, main deck. Everyone is gathered behind Tank, watching the fight, like watching a game of Mortal Kombat. Jesus, Christ, he's fast. Look at all these neural kinetics. They're way above normal. Interior dojo. Uh, Morpheus begins to press Neo, countering blows while slipping in several stinging slaps. 
Come on, Neo. What are you waiting for? You're faster than this. Don't think you are. Know you are. Whack! Morpheus cracks Neo again. Neo's face twists with rage as he spe- as the speed of the blows rises like a drum solo. Come on! Stop trying to hit me and just hit me! Wham! A single blow catches Morpheus on the side of the head, knocking off his glasses. Interior, main deck, there are several gasps. <gasps> I don't believe it! Interior dojo. Morpheus rubs his face, then smiles. I know what you're trying to do. I'm trying to free your mind, Neo. But all I can do is show you the door. You're the one that has to step through it. Tank! Load the jump program. Interior hovercraft. Apoc and Switch exchange looks as Tank grabs for the disc. Interior con- construct. Rooftop. Day. Morpheus and Neo are again in the white space of the construct. Beneath their feet, we see the jump program brush up at them until they are standing on a rooftop in a sk- city skyline. Let it all go, Neo. Fear. Doubt. Disbelief. Free your mind. Morpheus spins, running hard at the edge of the rooftop and jumps. He sails through the air, his coat billowing out behind him like a cape as he lands on the rooftop across the street. Neo looks down at the street, 20 floors below, then at Morpheus, an impossible 50 feet away. Interior main deck, they are transfixed. What if he makes it? No way. Not possible. No one's ever made their first jump. I know, but what if he does? He won't. Trinity stares at the screen, her fists clenching as she whispers, Come on. Exterior, rooftop. Summoning every ounce of strength in his legs, Neo launches himself into the air in a single maniacal shriek, but comes up drastically short. His eyes widen as he plummets. Stories fly by. (laughs) The ground rushes up at him, but as he hits, the ground gives way, stretching like a trapeze net. He bounces and flips, slowly coming to a rest, flat on his back. He laughs. A bit unsure, <laughs> wiping the wind-blown tears from his face, Morpheus exits the building and helps him to his feet. Do you know why you didn't make it? Because I, I didn't think I would. Morpheus smiles and nods. Interior, main deck, they break up. What does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. Everyone falls the first time, right, Trinity? But Trinity has already left. Neo's eyes open as Tank eases the plug out. He tries to move and groans, cradling his ribs. While Tank helps Morpheus, Neo spits blood into his hand. I thought it wasn't real. Your mind makes it real. Neo stares at the blood. If you're killed in the Matrix, do you die here? 
The body cannot live without the mind. Interior, Neo's room. Trinity enters from the hall, carrying a tray of food. Neo, I saved you from some dinner. She sees him passed out on the bed. She sets the tray down and pulls the blanket over him. She pauses, her face close to him, then inhales lightly, breathing in the scent of him before slowly pulling away. Interior hall. <laughs> Trinity steps out of Neo's room to find Cypher watching her. I don't remember you ever bringing me dinner. Trinity says nothing. Something about him, isn't there? Don't tell me you're a believer now. I just keep wondering if Morpheus is so sure, why doesn't he take him to the Oracle? She would know. Morpheus will take him when he's ready. She turns and he watches her walk away. Exterior, city street, training program, day. Morpheus moves effortlessly through a crowded downtown street while Neo struggles to keep up, constantly bumped and shouldered off the path. The Matrix is a system, Neo, and the system is our enemy. But when you're inside and you look around, what do you see? Businessmen, lawyers, teachers, carpenters, the minds of the very people we are trying to save. But until we do, these people are still part of the system, and that makes them our enemy. A cop writing a parking ticket stares at Neo from behind his sunglasses. You have to understand that most of these people are not ready to be unplugged, and many of them are so inured, so hopelessly dependent on the system that they will point to protect it. A beautiful woman in a red dress smiles at Neo as she passes by. Were you listening to me, Neo? Or were you looking at the woman in the red dress? I was. Look again. Neo turns just as Agent Smith levels a gun at his face. Neo screams. Oh! Freezes. Everything except Morpheus and Neo freezes. This. This isn't the Matrix. No. It's another training program designed to teach you one thing. If you are not one of us, you are one of them. What are they? Sentient programs. They can move in and out of any software still hardwired to the system. That means that anyone that we haven't unplugged is potentially an agent. Inside the Matrix, they are everyone and they are no one. Neo stares at the agent. We've survived by hiding from them, running from them. But they are the gatekeepers they hold all the doors, holding all the keys, which means that sooner or later, someone is going to have to fight them. Someone? I won't lie to you, Neil. Every single man or woman who has stood their ground, who has fought an agent, has died. But where they have failed, you will succeed. Why? I've seen an agent punch through a concrete wall. Men have emptied entire cliffs of them and hit nothing but air. Yet their strength and their speed are still based on a world that is built by rules. Because of that, they will never be as strong or as fast as you can be. What? Are you trying to tell me that I can dodge bullets? No, Neo. I'm trying to tell you that when you are ready, you won't have to. Ring. 
We got, we got trouble. trouble. <laughs> oh, Exterior, sewer main. The never gonna answer. Blisters by. <sighs> Trailing a swirling, supercharged electromagnetic wake. Interior, cockpit. Morpheus slides into the co pilot's chair next to Dozer. Did Zion send a warning? No, another ship. Big Brother, I think. They're running a parallel pipeline. Morpheus scans the decayed landscape of the sewer main that rolls by as Neo and Trinity squeeze into the cockpit behind him. An alarm begins to sound. A sentinel. It's a killing machine designed for one thing. Search and destroy. Neo feels the ship rock to the side as it squeezes into a tiny supply line. Exterior hovercraft. The Nebuchadnezzar <laughs> sets down, almost wedged into a pipe that barely accommodates its size. Interior cockpit. Morpheus clicks the intercom. What are we doing, Tank? Interior main deck. Tank works furiously at the operator station as the ceaseless whir of the ship's turbines grinds grind to a halt. The main deck is plunged into dark silence. The rest of the screw stands behind him as he whispers. Power offline. EMP armed and ready. Tank's fingers curl around a small key that glows a dim red. Interior cockpit. Leo... Leo. Neo leads into Trinity's ear. EMP. An electromagnetic pulse. It disables any electrical system in the blast radius. It's the only weapon we have against the machines. Dozer looks up. Now we wait. Through the cockpit's windshield, the vast cavern of the sewer main yawns before them. Strands of green haze curl around mossy icicles that dangle into a pool of churning, frozen waste. Neo begins to angle around Dozer, but Morpheus grabs him. Don't move. It'll hear you. Neo freezes, and they wait. Without the Nebuchadnezzar's uh, heating systems, the temperature in the cockpit begins to rapidly drop. The crew members huddle together, their breath freezing into a uniform cloud as it gets colder and colder. Dozer quietly reaches to brush away the frost on the windshield, as, and as his hand clears a swath, they see it. In the darkness, a shifting shadow of mechanized death. It is beautiful and terrifying. Black alloy skin flickers like sequins beneath sinewy coils and skeletal appendages. Neo can feel the hairs on the back of his neck rise as it silently glides over them with shark-like malevolence until it disappears into the darkness. In the frozen little room, everyone breathes a little easier. <sighs> Interior hall. The ship is quiet and dark. Everyone is asleep. Interior main deck. <laughs> yeah, we're all snoring. The core <laughs> close with monitor light. <laughs> Cypher is in the operator's chair as Neo comes up behind him. Whoa, shit, Neo. You scared the bejesus out of me, man. Sorry. Nah, it's all right, man. 
Neo's eyes light up as he steps closer to the screens that seem alive with a constant flow of data. Is that the Matrix? Yeah. Neo stares at the endlessly shifting river of information, bizarre codes and equations flowing across the face of the monitor. Do you always look at it encoded? Have to. The image translators sort of work for the construct programs, but there's like way too much information to decode the matrix. You get used to it though. Your brain does the translating. Don't even see the code. I'll see his blonde, brunette, redhead. You want a drink? Hmm. You know, I know what you're thinking, because right now I'm thinking the same thing. Actually, to tell you the truth, I've been thinking the same thing ever since I got here. He raises the glass. Why, oh, why didn't I take the blue pill? He throws the shot down his throat. Neo does the same, and it almost kills him. Smiling, Cypher slaps him on the back. Good shit, eh? Dozer makes sense. Good for two things. Decreasing engines and killing brain cells. Red-faced, Neo finally stops coughing. Cypher pours him another. Can I ask you something? Did he ever tell you why he did it? Why you're here? What? Yeah. Jesus, what a mind job. You're here to save the world? You gotta be shitting me. What do you say to something like that? He looks down at his drink. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret here. Now, don't tell him I told you this, but this ain't the first time Orpheus thought he, you know, found the wine. <laughs> really? Bet your ass. Keeps it going, baby. It keeps us all going. How many were there? Five. Since I've been here. What happened to them? Dead. All dead. Wow. <laughs> oh. Honestly, Morpheus, you got them amped up, believing some bullshit. I watched each of them take on an agent, and I watched each of them die. A little piece of advice. You be an agent, you do what we do. Run. Run your ass off. <clears throat> Thanks for the drink. Anytime. Cypher nods as Neo heads for the ladder. Sweet dreams, sugar lamb. <laughs> Interior restaurant night. Chamber music and the ambiance of wealth soak the restaurant around us as we watch a serrated knife saw through a thick, gorgeous steak. The meat is so perfect, charred on the outside, oozing red juice from the inside, that it could be a dream. We hear a voice that we recognize immediately. Do we have a deal, Mr. Regan? A fork stabs the cube of meat, and we follow it up to the face of Cypher. You know, I know that this steak doesn't exist. And then when I put it in my mouth, the Matrix is telling my brain that it is juicy and delicious. And after nine years, do you know what I've realized? He shoves it in, eyes rolling up, savoring the tender beef melting in his mouth. <sighs> Ignorance is bliss. Agent Smith watches him chew the steak loudly, smacking it between his teeth. Mm, so goddamn good. Then we have a deal. I don't want to remember nothing. Nothing, you understand. And I want to be rich. Someone important like an actor. You can do that, right? Whatever you want, Mr. Regan. 
Cypher takes a deep drink of wine. Alright. You can get my body back into a power plant, reinsert me in the matrix, and I'll get you what you want. Access codes to the Zion name. Told you I don't know them, but I can give you the man who does. Morpheus. Interior mess hall. Close on breakfast, a substance with a consistency somewhere between yogurt and cellulite. Here you go, buddy. Breakfast of champions. <laughs> Tank slides it in front of Neo and takes a seat with the other crew members, enjoying breakfast. You mean the breakfast? You mean the breakfast, lunch, and dinner of champions? If you close your eyes, it almost feels like you're eating runny eggs or a bowl of snot. But you know what it really reminds me of? Cream of wheat. Did you ever eat cream of wheat? No, but technically neither did you. Exactly my point. Because you have to wonder, how do the machines know what cream of wheat really tasted like? Maybe they got it wrong. Maybe what I think cream of wheat tasted like actually tasted like oatmeal or tuna fish. Makes you wonder about a lot of things. Take chicken, for example. Maybe they couldn't figure out what to make chicken taste like, which is why a chicken tastes like everything. And maybe... Shut up, Mouse. <clears throat> it's a single-cell protein combined with synthetic aminos, vitamins, and minerals. Everything your body needs. We grow it in the vats. Oh no, it, it doesn't have everything the body needs. He sidles up to Neo. <laughs> so I understand you've run through the agent training program. You know, I wrote that program. Here it comes. <laughs> so, so what did you think of her? The <laughs> woman in the red dress. I designed her. She doesn't talk much, but if you'd like to, you know, meet her, I could arrange a more personalized milieu. The digital pimp hot at work. Pay no attention to these hypocrites, Neo. To deny our impulses is to deny the very thing that makes us human. Morpheus enters. I want everyone on 12-hour standby. We're going in. I'm taking Neo to see her. With that, he turns and leaves. Continued. See who? The Oracle, bro. <laughs> Interior main deck. Everyone is strapped into their chairs. Tank is at the operator's ta station. Alright, y'all. Everyone, please observe that there are no smoking and fashion seatbelt signs have been turned on. Sit back and enjoy <laughs> your flight. He strikes the enter key and we rush clockwise over the chairs, each body reacting as we cut to Interior, Hotel Lafayette, room 1313. Spinning counterclockwise around an old phone that rings inside the empty room until we spin full circle and find everyone now standing there. Morpheus answers the phone. Ring. We're in. Exterior. Hotel Lafayette. Day. The door opens and for the first time since his release, Neo steps back into the Matrix. He squints at the sun which seems unnaturally bright. He is the only one without sunglasses. Apoc and Switch remain at the door as the others enter the alley. 
We should be back in an hour. Cypher opens the driver's door of an old car as Trinity, Morpheus, and Neo cross to the car. Cypher glances about quickly, then drops something inside a, a garbage can. Continue. It is a cellular phone, and we see its blue display as the line connects. Interior car. Neo sits beside Trinity in the back. He cannot st- stop staring as the simple images of the urban street blur past his window like an endless stream of data rushing down a computer screen. Almost unbelievable. Neo nods as the car continues to wind through the crowded city. God. What? I used to eat there. Really good noodles. He is speaking in a whisper, almost as if talking to himself. I have these memories from my entire life, but none of them really happened. He turns to her. What does that mean? That the Matrix cannot tell you who you are. But an oracle can? That's different. Obviously. He turns to the window for a moment and then turns back. Did you go to her? Yes. What did she tell you? She told me. She looks at him and suddenly she is unable to speak or even breathe. What? The car suddenly jerks to a stop. We're here, Neo. Neo and Morpheus get out of the car. Cypher looks into the rearview mirror at Trinity. Here we go again, Atrin. He smiles as she turns to the window. Exterior building. Tenement-like and vast. It is the kind of place where people can disappear. Interior building. Morpheus nods to a blind man who nods back. An elevator opens and Neo follows Morpheus inside. Interior elevator. The idea of learning one's fate begins to weigh upon Neo with a steadily growing unease. So this is the same oracle that made the uh, prophecy? Yeah. She's very old. She's been with us since the beginning. The beginning? Of the resistance. And she knows what? Everything? She would say she knows enough. And she's never wrong. Don't think of it in terms of right and wrong. She's a guide, Neo. She can help you find the path. She helped you? Yes. What did she tell you? That I would find the one. The elevator opens. Interior hall. The long, dark hall beckons. Neo follows Morpheus out of the elevator, and the doors rattle shut behind him. With every step, a disturbing sense of inevitability closes in around him. At the end of the hall, Morpheus steps to the side of a door. I told you that I can only show you the door. You have to step through it. Neo blows out a breath. His hand reaches but stops, hovering over the spherical handle. He backs away. Morpheus, I don't think this is a good idea. Why? I told you, I don't believe in this stuff. No matter what she says, I'm not going to believe it. So what's the point? What? 
do you believe in? What do I believe in? Are you kidding me? What do you think? The world I grew up in isn't real. My entire life was a lie. I don't believe in anything anymore. That's why we're here. Why? So I can hear some old lady tell me what? That I'm this guy that everybody's been waiting for? That I'm supposed to save the world? Sounds insane. Unbelievable. And I don't care who says it. <laughs> it's still going to sound insane and unbelievable. Faith is not a matter of reasonability. I do not believe things with my mind. I believe them with my heart and my guts. And you believe I'm the one? Yes, I do. Yeah. What about the five guys? What about the other five guys? The five before me? What about them? Uh-oh. Did you believe in them too? I believed what the oracle told me. No, mm -hmm. I misunderstood what she told me. I believe that it was all about me. I believe that all I had to do was point my finger and anoint whoever I chose. I was wrong. Neil, terribly wrong. Not a day or night passes that I do not think of them. After the fifth, I lost my way. I doubted everything the oracle had said. I doubted myself. He looks up at Neo. And then I saw you, Neo. And my world changed. You can call it an epiphany. If you can call it whatever the hell you want, it doesn't matter. It's not about a word. It's about this. So I can't explain it to you. All I can do is believe, Neo. Believe that one day you will feel what I felt and know what I know. You are the sixth and the last. You are the one. His eyes blaze. Until that time, all I'm asking from you, for you, is to hold on to whatever respect you may have for me and trust me. Neo feels a rush from Morpheus's intensity, the unadulterated confidence of a zealot. All right. He reaches for the handle, which turns without him even touching it. A woman, wearing white, opens the door. Hello, Neo. You're right on time. Interior, Oracle's apartment. It seems particularly normal. Make yourself at home, Morpheus. Thank you. Neo, come with me. She leads Neo down another hall and into what appears to be a family room. There's another room, woman in white sitting on a couch watching a soap opera. Scattered about the room are a half dozen children. Some of them are playing, others are deep in meditation. All of them exude a kind of zen calm. These are the other potentials. You can wait here. Neo watches a little girl levitate wooden alphabet blocks. Closer to him... A skinny boy with a shaved head holds a spoon which always, which sways like a blade of grass. In front of him is a pile of spoons bent and twisted into knots. Neo crosses to him and sits. The boy smiles and hands Neo the spoon, which is now perfectly straight. 
Do not try to bend the spoon. That is impossible. Instead, only try to realize the truth. What truth? That there is no spoon. Neo nods, staring at the spoon. There is no spoon? Then you will see that it is not the spoon that beats. It is only yourself. is reflected inside the spoon and as Neo stares into it it slowly begins to bend until a hand touches his shoulder. The oracle will see you now. Spoon boy smiles. Interior kitchen. An old woman is huddled beside the oven, peering inside through a cracked door. Hello? I know. You're Neo. Be right with you. You're the oracle. Bingo. Not quite what you were expecting, right? I gotta say, I love seeing you non-believers. Always a pip. Always almost done. Smell good, don't they? Yeah. I'd ask you to sit down, but you're not going to anyway. And don't worry about the vase. What vase? He turns to look around and his elbow knocks a vase from the table. (laughs) It breaks against the linoleum floor. That vase. Shit. I'm sorry. She pulls out a tray of chocolate chip cookies and turns. She is an older woman wearing big oven mitts, comfortable slacks, and a print blouse. She looks like someone's grandma. I said don't worry about it. I'll get one of my kids to fix it. How did you know? She sets the cookie tray on a wooden hot pad. What's really going to bake your noodle later on is, would you still have broken it if I hadn't said anything? Smiling, she lights a cigarette. You're cuter than I thought. I see why she likes you. Not too bright, though. You know why Morpheus brought you to see me? He nods. So, what do you think? You think you're the one? Honestly, I don't know. She gestures to a wooden plaque, the kind every kitchen has, except that the words are in Latin. You know what that means? It's Latin. means, know thyself. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Being the one is just like being in love. Nobody can tell you you're in love. You just know it, through and through, balls to bones. She puts her cigarette down. Well, I better have a look at you. Open your mouth. Say, ah. She widens his eyes, chucks his ear, checks his ears, then feels the glands in his neck. She nods, then looks at his palms. Okay, now I'm supposed to say, hmm, that's interesting, but... Then you say... But what? But you already know what I'm going to tell you. I'm not the one. Sorry, kid. You got the gift, but looks like you're... Waiting for something. What? Your next life, maybe? Who knows? That's not... That's how these things go. Neo almost has to laugh. (laughs) Almost. (laughs) What's funny? Morpheus. 
He almost had me convinced. I know. Poor Morpheus. Without him, we are lost. What do you mean, without him? The oracle takes a long drag, regarding Neo with the eyes of a sphinx. Are you sure you want to hear this? Neo nods. Morpheus believes in you, Neo, and no one, not you or even me, can convince him otherwise. He believes it so blindly that he's going to sacrifice his life to save yours. What? You're going to have to make a choice. In one hand, you will have Morpheus's life. In the other hand, you will have your own. One of you is going to die. Which one will be up to you? I'm sorry, kiddo. I really am. You have a good soul, and I hate giving good people bad news. But don't worry. As soon as you walk outside that door, you'll start feeling better. You'll remember that you don't believe any of this fake crap. You're in control of your own life, remember? He tries to nod as she reaches for the tray of cookies. Here, take a cookie. <laughs> I promise by the time you're done eating it, you'll feel right as rain. Neo takes a cookie. The tightness in his chest slowly begins to, to fade. Interior, sitting room, day. Morpheus rises from a couch as the priestess escorts Neo out. When they are alone, Morpheus puts his hand on Neo's shoulder. You don't have to tell anyone what she told you. What was said was said for you and you alone. Neo nods and takes a bite of his cookie. Interior car. Neo and Morpheus get in the car. Let's go. Cypher looks into the rearview mirror at Neo. Cypher. <laughs> Check. Okay. <laughs> Well, well, good news. Okay. Good news or bad news? Not now, Cypher. Cypher slaps the car in gear and pulls into traffic. Trinity looks at Neo, who is staring at the final bit of cookie. He puts it in his mouth and chews. Are you all right? Right as rain. Interior room, 1313 day. Mouse's cellular rings. Welcome to movie phone. They're on their way. Exterior, city street, day. As they get out of the car, Cypher smiles at Neo. Like the man says, welcome to the real world. Cypher, following the others into the hotel, nervously glances around, wiping the sweat from his forehead. Interior main deck. Sweat rolls down Cypher's <clears throat> face and neck, and the operator at the operator station, Tank is typing rapidly. What is that? Interior Hotel Lafayette Day. Light filters down the throat of the building through a caged skylight at the top of the open elevator shaft. Six figures slide up the dark stairs that wind around the antique elevator. Neo notices a black cat, a yellow-green eyeshadow that slinks past them and pads quickly down the stairs. A moment later, Neo sees another black cat that looks and moves identically to the first one. Whoa. 
Those words stop the others dead in their tracks. Interior, main deck. The monitors suddenly glitch as though the Matrix had an electronic seizure. Oh shit, oh shit. Interior, hotel, Lafayette, day. Trinity turns around, her face light. I mean, tight. Her face tight. What did you just say? Nothing. Just had a little deja vu. What happened? What did you see? A black cat went past us, and then I saw another that looked just like it. How much like it? Was it the same cat? It might have been. I'm not sure. Trinity looks at Morpheus, who listens quietly to the rasping breath of the old building. What is it? A deja vu is usually a glitch in the Matrix. It happens when they change something. She also listens as the staccato beat of helicopter blades grows ominously, omin- ominously loud. Interior main deck, Tink sees what, has, what was changed. It's a trap. Interior, staircase day. Morpheus looks up the stairs as he hears a helicopter. Come on. Apoc slaps a gun into Neo's hand. Something to ward off evil spirits. Neo nods. Interior, basement, day. Heavy bolt cutters snap through the main phone cable. Interior room, 1313 day. Hearing the helicopter, Mouse opens... To Mouse goes to the draped windows as his cellular rings. He answers it. They cut the hard line. It's a trap. Get out. Mouse yanks open the curtain. Oh, no. (laughs) The windows are bricked up. Mouse spins as the rumble of combat boots builds, then explodes into the room. Interior main deck. Tank watches helplessly. No, no, no. Interior stare, stay. Morpheus stops as Mouse's scream is drowned out by the report of machine gunfire. Interior room, 1313 day. Mouse sails backwards as bullets pound him against the blood-splattered spattered uh, brick window. Interior main deck. Mouse's body thrashes against his harness. Blood coughing from his mouth in one final spasm, then lying perfectly still. The flatline alarm softly cries out from the life monitor. Interior, stairwell day. Flying downstairs, Morpheus stops hearing police swarming below. Interior hall day. He returns and rushes down the hall of the eighth floor. At the end of it, he finds the bricked up windows. That's what they changed. We're trapped. There's no way out. The sound of heavy bootsteps close around them with the mechanical sureness of a vice. Give me your phone. They'll be able to track it. We have no choice. Morpheus rips off his jacket. Interior main deck. Tank answers the call. Hello? Find a structural drawing of this building and find it fast. Interior, Hotel Lafayette, day. Flashlights probe the rotting darkness as the police search every floor. Interior, main deck. The diagram windows onto the screen. Got it. 
I need the main wet wall. Interior room, 1313 day. Agent Smith stands over Mouse's dead body, his hands going to his earpiece. Interior room, 808 day. Morpheus is guided by tank. Now left. And that's in front of you. Good. Interior room, 1313 day. Agent Smith hears the line click dead. Eighth floor. They're on the eighth floor. Interior to stairwell day. Agent Brown listens to his earpiece. Interior stairwell day. Uh, Boots clatter up the marble staircase. Interior hall day. Cops flood the eighth floor, rushing everywhere. Interior room 808, day. Several cops sweep through the room. It is empty. As they pass the bathroom, we see a man-sized hole smashed through the plaster and laugh. Interior wall day. They are inside the main plumbing wall, slowly worming their way down in, down the grease-black stack pipes. Above them, light <laughs> fills the hole they made to get inside. Interior hall day. Agent Brown and Agent Smith stand over Morpheus' jacket. Where are they? Interior room 608 day. The cops search in silence, straining for a clue when one hears something strange near the bathroom. Interior wall day. Cypher has slipped and it's is wedged between the wall and several thick supply pipes. Interior room 8, 608 day. The cop leans in, his ear almost against the th- thin membrane of plaster separating them. He can hear whispers, hisses, and a grunt when the wall suddenly bulges, shatter cracking as the cop realizes they're in the walls. Interior wall day. Trinity pulls cipher free just as the cop opens fire. Bullets pushing... Bullets punching shafts of light like swords into the box of black space. Who finds his gun? Neo finds his gun first and <laughs> begins blasting wildly through the plaster and laugh. Interior room, 608 day. The cop spins out of the bathroom for cover. Neo's bullets splintering the door jam. Continue. About to whirl back in, he, scr- he freezes as something seems to seize hold of him. The cop's body starts to spasm and his M16 falls to the ground. Long shadows springing up from the mounted flashlight. Interior wall day. Neo listens for a moment, the gunfire quiet, when he hears footsteps rising fast. Two arms suddenly smash through the wall, punching Neo back against the iron stack pipe, fingers gouging into his neck. Just as Neo's throat is about to collapse, Morpheus explodes through the tattered plaster and laugh. Diving on top of Agent Smith, the two men crash to the wet terrazzo floor. Before Agent Smith can find his weapon, Morpheus is on him, pinning him in an iron grip. In the crawl space, Trinity tries to scramble up past Cypher. Morpheus! Morpheus squeezes Agent Smith's throat. Trinity! You must get Neil out. Do you understand? He is all that matters. Neo <laughs> suddenly glimpses that what is happening, but is powerless to stop it. No, no, Morpheus, don't. Trinity, go. Trinity's fists ball in frustration. She yells down to Apoc, "Go!" We can't leave him. We have to. 
She grabs his ankle and they begin almost falling, using the lath as a brake, skidding down the inside of the wall. Interior basement day. This part of the basement, a dark concrete cavern, was the main mechanical room. There are four iner- enormous boilers, dinosaur-like technology that once po- pumped hot water like arteries. Soldiers' blinding lights cut open the darkness as Trinity, Neo, and the others crash through the ceiling. Around them, they hear a chorus of short, sharp coughs of grenade launchers from <laughs> launchers from gas-masked figures. Smoke blossoms from the green metal canisters. Trinity never stops moving, searching the floor. She finds what she needs, the cover of the ca- catch basin. Cypher watches her pry open the gate when a gas can bounces near him. Come on! Cypher seems to trip as the cloud envelops him. Trinity watches Cypher disappear into the smoke, then follows the others down the wet black hole. Interior, room 608 day. Morpheus and Agent Smith remain on the ground, locked in each other's death grip. The great Morpheus. We meet at last. And you are Smith. I am Agent Smith. You all look the same to me. Agent Smith counters Morpheus and slowly begins to pry his hands from his throat, striking like a viper. Morpheus drives a vicious headbutt into Agent Smith's face. His nose and glasses shatter. Agent Smith, unfazed, smiles blood oozing from the shattered bridge of his nose and returns Morpheus's head but with three of his own in pneumatic pneumatic succession. Morpheus staggers back, his body going stack slack when hit when another kick buries him deep into crouching plaster crunching plaster and laugh. Um, Morpheus turns in time to see a wall of men in the doorway. Take him. The wall of cops rushes Morpheus, filling the tiny bathroom until the disappe- until he disappears under the tide. Interior main deck, uh, Tank reaches out to the screen as if reaching for Morpheus. No! <laughs> Exterior street day, a manhole cover st- cracks open. Two eyes peek out just as a truck rattles over it. The thunder dopplers away. And the cover opens. Trinity climbs out. Interior, main deck. Tank is again at the monitors, searching the matrix when the phone rings. Bang! Operator. I need this fast. Cypher. Exterior street day. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Too close. Okay. Cypher is standing at a public phone. Across the street is the burning paddy wagon that appears to have collided with an oncoming car. There was an accident. Goddamn accident. All of a sudden, boom, Jesus. Someone up there still likes me. I got you, bro. Just get me out of here. Near Texas, Franklin, the near and old TV fair shop, bro. <laughs> Cypher hangs up and smiles as we hear fire trucks in the distance. <laughs> Definitely. Interior main deck. The phone rings. Bring. <laughs> Tank answers. Tank, it's me. 
Exterior street, day. All four are moving quickly down a, a back street. Is Morpheus alive? Is Morpheus still alive, Tank? Yes. They're moving him. I don't know where he is. He's alive. Again, inevitability seeks, seems to cinch around Neo. We need an exit! You're not too far from Cypher. Cypher, I, I thought... So did we. I sent him to Franklin and Erie. Got it. Exterior, TV repair shop, day. In a deserted alley, Cypher steps onto a dumpster in front of a small boarded-up window. Interior, TV repair shop, day. Dead machines, eviscerated and shrouded with dust, lay on metal shelves like bodies in a morgue. Plywood covering a small window is ripped off and Cypher crawls inside. Deep in the back room, a phone that has not rung in years begins to ring. <laughs> yep. Exterior street day. Trinity sees the TV repair shop. Interior main deck. Tank punches the exit command. Got him. Cypher's body twitches in its harness, jerking itself awake. Interior TV repair shop day. Neo crawls through the window that Cypher opened. Interior, main deck. Tank finishes loading the exit program as Cypher pulls back a heavy blanket, exposing a high-tech rifle. Interior, TV repair shop, day. The phone begins to ring as the others crawl in. <laughs> God, I love that sound. Interior, main deck. Suddenly, a white bolt of lightning explodes across against uh, Tank's chair, blasting him into the air. Cypher checks the gun, unable to believe he missed. Shit. Tank is on his feet, lunging when Cypher fires again, square into his chest. No! Interior TV re repair shop day. The phone is still ringing. <laughs> you first, Neo. Neo answers the phone when there is a click. There is no signal, nothing but silence. What happened? I don't know. It just went dead. Trinity listens to the deadline and takes out the cellular. Interior, main deck. The operator phone begins to ring. Cypher <laughs> <laughs> steps over the sizzling body of Dozer and looks at the monitor. Interior TV repair shop day. Every unanswered ring rings her gut a little tighter until... Trinity? Cypher, where's Tank? He had an accident. An accident? Intercut with. Interior, main deck. He walks over to Trinity's body, staring down at it, hanging in its coma-like stillness. You know, for a long time, I thought I was in love with you, Trinity. I used to dream about you. He nuzzles his face against hers, feeling the softness of it. You're a beautiful woman. Too bad things are... had to work out like this. You killed them. What? Oh, God. Wearing Tank's operator headgear, Cypher moves along the silent bodies. I'm tired, Trinity. I'm tired of this war. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of this ship. I'm being cold of eating the same goddamn goop every day, but most of all, I'm tired of this jack-off and all of his bullshit. Cypher leans over, talking to Morpheus. Surprise, asshole! 
But you never saw this coming, did you? God, I wish I could be there when they break you. I wish I could walk in just as it happened. So right then, you know it was me. Sorry. <laughs> My God, Morpheus, you gave them Morpheus. Oh, you gave them oh, I was muted. Sorry. Um, my God, Morpheus. <laughs> you gave them Morpheus. <laughs> he lied to his trinity. He tricked us. If he would have told us the truth, we would have told him to shove that red pill up his ass. That's not true, Cypher. He set us free. Free? <laughs> you call this free? All I do is what he tells me to do if I have to choose between that and the Matrix... I choose the Matrix. The Matrix isn't real! Oh, I disagree, Trinity. I disagree. I think the Matrix can be real. More real than this world. I mean, all I do is pull a plug here. But there, you have to watch a man die. She looks up at Apoc, her face going white. Trinity? He grabs a hold of the cable in Apoc's neck, twists it, and yanks it out. Welcome to the real world, eh, baby? Apoc seems to go blind for an instant, a scream caught in his throat, his hands reaching for nothing, and then falls dead. No! But you're out, Cypher. You can't go back. That's what you think. They promised to take me back. They're going to reinsert my body. I'll go back to sleep. When I wake up, I'll be fat and all rich, and I won't remember a goddamn thing. It's the goddamn American dream. He laughs. His hand sliding around the neck of, of Switch as he takes hold of her plug. By the way, if you have anything terribly important to say, Switch, I suggest you say it now. Oh no, please don't. Trinity eyes find Trinity's eyes find Switch and she knows she's next. Not like this, not like this. She suddenly feels her body severed from her mind as she is murdered. God damn you, Cypher. Don't hate me, Trinity. I'm just the messenger. Right now, I'm going to prove it to you. He stands over Neo. If Morpheus was right, then there's no way I could pull this plug, is there? She turns to Neo, eyes wide with fear, and he knows he is next. If Neo's the one, then in the next few seconds, there has to be some kind of mirror or some shit like that to stop me, right? I mean, how can it be the one if he's dead and whatnot? He takes head. He takes hold of the cord. You never did answer me, Trinity, when I asked you before. Did you buy Morpheus bullshit? Come on, you can't tell me, did you? All I want is a little yes or no. Look into his eyes, Trinity, those big pretty eyes, and tell me the truth, yes or no. Trinity stares at Neo as a single word falls soundlessly yes. from her lips. Yes. No. Charred and bloody, Tank levels the gun. I don't believe it. <laughs> believe it or not, you piece of shit, bro. You're gonna burn! <laughs> he fires a crackling bolt of lightning that knocks Cypher flying backwards. Interior TV repair shop. Trinity throws her arms around Neo, and for a moment they are alone and alive <laughs> until the phone rings. Bring. Go. 
You first this time. Interior main deck. Trinity's eyes snap open, a sense of relief surging through her at the sight of the ship. As Tank unplugs her, she sees his charred wounds. Tank, you're hurt. I'll be all right. Dozer? Tank's face tightens, and she takes him into her arms. Exterior. Government building. Day. A government high-rise in the middle of downtown where a military helicopter sets down on the roof. Agent Jones gets out of the helicopter, flanked by columns of Marines. They open the roof access door and enter the top floor maintenance level of the hotel. Interior. Executive office. Day. Agent Smith stands, staring out at the windows at the city below, shimmering with brilliant sunlight. Have you ever stood and stared at it, Morpheus? Marvel at its beauty, its genius. Billions of people just living out their lives. Oblivious. Morpheus is handcuffed to a chair, stripped to the waist. He is alternately shivering and sweating, wired to various monitors with white disc electrodes. Beside him, Agent Brown sucks a serum from a glass vial filling a hypodermic needle. Did you know that the first Matrix was designed to be a perfect human world where none suffered, where everyone would be happy? It was a disaster. No one would accept the program. Entire crops were lost. He jams the needle into Morpheus's shoulder and plunges down. Some believed we lacked the programming language to describe your perfect world. But I believe that, as a species, human beings define the reality through suffering and misery. Agent Brown studies the screens as the life signs react violently to the injection. The perfect world was a dream that your primitive cerebrum kept trying to wake up. Which is why the Matrix was redesigned to this, the peak of your civilization. Agent Smith turns from the window. I say your civilization because as soon as we started making for you, it really became our civilization, which is, of course, what this is all about. He sits down directly in front of Morpheus. Evolution, Morpheus. Evolution. He lifts Morpheus's head. Like the dinosaur. Look out that window. You had your time. Morpheus stares hard at him, trying not to show the pain, racking his mind. The future is our world, Morpheus. The future is our time. Agent Smith looks at Agent Brown. Double the dosage. Agent Jones suddenly enters. There could be a problem. Interior main deck. Tank drapes a sheet over his dead brother. The other bodies are covered. Neo looks at Morpheus, whose body is covered with a cold sweat. What are they doing to him? They're breaking into his mind, bro. It's like hacking a computer. All it takes is time. How much time? Depends on the mind. But eventually it will crack, and his alpha pattern will change from this to that and this. Tank punches several commands on Morpheus's personal unit. 
the monitor waves change from a chaotic pattern to an ordered symmetrical one. When it does, Morpheus will tell them anything they want to know. What do they want? The leader of every ship is given the codes of Zion's mainframe computer. If an agent had those codes and got inside Zion's mainframe, they could destroy us. He looks up at Trinity, who is pacing relentlessly. But we shouldn't really let that happen, Trinity. Zion's more important than me or you or even Morpheus. Trinity sees Cypher's dead body. Rage overtakes her and she kicks him. God damn it! God damn it! There has to be something that we can do. There is. We have to pull a plug. You're gonna kill him? Kill Morpheus? Trinity, we don't have any other choice. Interior, government building. Morpheus is fighting to hold his mind together. The agents stand over him. Never send a human to do a machine's job. If, indeed, the insider has failed, they will sever the connection as soon as possible. Unless... They are... Dead, in either case. We have no choice but to continue his plan. Deploy the Sentinels. Immediately. Interior, main deck. Tank kneels beside Morpheus's body. Neo suddenly sees it perfectly clear, fate rushing at him like an oncoming train. Morpheus, you were more than our leader. You were father. We'll miss you always. Trinity can't bear to watch. As she closes her eyes, her tears slip free. <laughs> Tank closes his eyes and takes hold of the plug. Neo is paralyzed. His whole life is suddenly suspended by the finality of this moment, hurling at him with the speed of a bullet. Stop. They both look at him. God damn it. I don't believe this is happening. Neo, this has to be done. Does it? I, I don't know. This can't be just coincidence. It can't be, can it? What are you talking about? The Oracle. She told me this would happen. She told me. He looks at Morpheus. That I would have to make a choice. What choice? He makes his choice. Turning, he walks to his chair. What are you doing? I'm going in. You can't! I have to. Morpheus sacrificed himself so we could get you out. There's no way you're going back in. Morpheus did what he did because he believed that I'm something I'm not. What? I'm not the one, Trinity. The Oracle hit me with that, too. Trinity is stunned. No, you have to be. I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm just another guy. Morpheus is the one that matters. No, Neo, that's not true. It, it can't be true. Why? Because uncertainty swallows her words, and she is unable to tell him what she wants to. Neo, this is loco. <laughs> They've got Morpheus in a military-controlled building. 
Even if you somehow got inside, those agents are holding him. Three of them. <laughs> I want Morpheus back too, but you're talking about a suicide. I know that's what it looks like, but it's not. Can't logically explain to you why it's not. Morpheus believed something, and he was ready to give his life for what he believed. I understand that now. That is why I have to go. 4K. <laughs> because I believe in something. What? Trinity stares. I oh. Bring him back. Oh my gosh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> One more time. Because I believe in something. What? I believe I can bring him back. I'm sorry I ruined that. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Trinity <laughs> stares at him, hovering on the edge that he just jumped off. Her jaw sets, and she starts climbing onto the chair beside him. Into it. What are you doing? I'm coming with you. No, you're not. No? Let me tell you what I believe. I believe Morpheus means more to me than he does to you. I believe that if you are serious about saving him, then you are going to need my help. And since I am the ranking officer on the ship, if you don't like it, then I believe that you can go to hell because you aren't going anywhere else. There is nothing more to say except, Tank, load us up. Interior, executive office, day. Agent Smith sits casually across from Morpheus, who is hunched over his body, lo leaking and twitching. Twitching? Twitching. Twitching is no word. I'd like to share a revelation that I've had during my time here. It came to me when I tried to classify your species. I've realized that you are not actually mammals. The life signs continue their chaotic pattern. Every mammal on this planet instinctively develops natural equilibrium with the surrounding environment. But you humans do not. You move to an area and you multiply and multiply until every natural resource is consumed. And the only way you can survive is to spread to another area. He leans forward. There's another organism on this planet that follows the same pattern. Do you know what it is? A virus. Human beings are a disease, a cancer on this planet. You are a plague and we are the cure. Interior construct. Neo and Trinity stand in the white space of the construct as he answers his ring cell phone. Okay, like, what do you guys need besides, like, the miracle and shit? Guns. Lots of guns. Interior, main deck. Neo and Trinity's bodies hang motionlessly, m motionless in their drive chairs as tank hits load. Interior, construct. Racks of weapons appear and they begin to arm themselves. No one has ever done anything like this. <laughs> Yeah. He snap cocks an Uzi. That, that's why it's going to work. Interior, executive office day. Agent Smith is again at the window. Why isn't the serum working? Perhaps we are asking the wrong question. 
Agent Smith hides his nodding fist. He is becoming angry. It is something that isn't supposed to happen to agents. Leave me with him. Agents Brown and Jones look at each other. Now! They leave, and Agent Smith sits beside Morpheus. Yeah, talk to me like that. Can you hear me, Morpheus? I'm going to be honest with you. He removes his earphone, letting it dangle over his shoulder. I hate this place. This zoo. This prison. This reality. Whatever you want to call it, I can't stand it any longer. It's the smell, if there is such a thing. I feel saturated by it. I can taste your stink, and every time I do, I fear that I've somehow been infected by it. He wipes sweat from Morpheus' forehead, coating the tips of his fingers, holding them to Morpheus's nose. Repulsive, isn't it? He lifts Morpheus's head, holding it tightly with both hands. I must get out of here. I must get free. In this mine is the key, my key. Morpheus sneers through his pain. Once Zion is destroyed, there's no need for me to be here. Do you understand? I need the codes. I have to get inside Zion. You have to tell me how. He begins sneezing, his fingers gouging into his flesh. You are going to tell me or you are going to die. Interior, main deck. Tank sits down beside, beside Morpheus, whose face is ashen like someone near death. He takes hold of his hand. Hold on, Morpheus. They're coming for you, bro. They're coming. Exterior government building day. A dark wind blows. Interior government building day. In long black coats, Trinity and Neo push through the revolving doors. Neo is carrying a duffel bag. Trinity has a large metal suitcase. They cut across the lobby to the security station, drawing nervous glances. Dark glasses, game faces. Neo calmly passes through the metal detector, which begins to wail immediately. <laughs> His security guard moves over toward Neo, <laughs> raising his metal detection wand. Would you please remove any medical uh, metal items uh, you're carrying? Keys, loose change. Neo slowly sets down his duffel bag and throws open his coat, revealing an arsenal of guns, knives, and grenades slung from a climbing harness. Holy shit! It's a blur of emotion. In a split second, three guards are dead because before they hit the ground. A fourth guard drives, dives for cover, uh, clutching his radio. He looks up as Trinity sets off the metal detector. It is the last thing he sees. The backup arrives. A wave of soldiers blocking the elevators. The concrete cavern of the lobby becomes a white noise roar of gunfire. Slate walls, <laughs> pillar pop, pillars pock, crack, and crater under a hailstorm of explosive-tipped bullets. They are met by the quivering spit of a sub-hand machine gun and the... <laughs> 
Raise your whistle of throwing knives. Weapons like dis- extensions of their bodies are used with the same deadly precision as their feet and their fists. Bodies slump down to the marble floor while Neo and Trinity hardly even break their stride. Interior, executive office. Agents Jones and Brown burst into the room. Agent Smith releases Morpheus. What You don't know? Know what? Agent Smith listens to his earphone, not believing what he is hearing. Interior elevators day. They get in. Trinity immediately drops and opens the suitcase, wiring a plastique and napalm bomb. Neo hits the emergency stop. He pulls down part of the false ceiling and finds the elevator shaft access panel. Interior, executive office day. Agent Jones looks at Morpheus. I, th- I think they're trying to save him. Interior, elevator shaft day. Neo ratchets down a clamp onto the elevator cable. Both of them lock on. He looks up the long, dark throat of the building and takes a deep breath. Neo whips out his gun and presses it to the cable, lower than they attached themselves. Boom! The cable snaps. The counterweights plummet, yanking Trinity and Neo up through the shaft as the elevator falls away beneath them, distending space, filling it with the sound of whistling metal as they sear to the top. Interior, lobby day. The elevator hits the bottom. Ba-boom! The massive explosion like that blows open the doors fire clouds engulfing the elevator section of the lobby interior executive office day the agents hear the blast of fire alarms lower level they are actually attacking another enormous explosion thunders above them shaking the building the alarm sounds Emergency sprinklers begin showering the room. Agent Smith smashes a table. Find them and destroy them. Agent Smith, Agent Jones nods and touches his earpiece. Exterior roof day. The roof access tower is now engulfed in flames as Neo and Trinity stand amongst a pile of their fallen enemies. Across the roof, the pilot inside the army helicopter watches the last of their ferocious onslaught. I repeat, we are under attack. Suddenly, his face, his whole body dissolved, dissolves, consumed by spreading locust-like swarm of static as Agent Jones emerges. Just as she drops the final Marine, Trinity sees what's coming. Neo sees her, the fear in her face, and he knows what is behind him. Screaming, he whirls, guns filling his hands with thought speed. Fingers pumping, shells ejecting, dancing up and away. We look through the sights and gun smoke at the agent blurred with motion until the hammers click against the empty metal. Trinity! Agent Jones charges. Help! 
His gun booms as we enter the liquid space of bullet time. The air sizzles with wads of lead like angry flies as Neo twists, spins, ducks just between them. Agent Jones, still running, narrows the gap. The bullets coming faster until Neo bent impossibly back, one hand on the ground as a spiraling gray ball shears open his shoulder. He starts to scream as another digs a red groove across his thigh. He was only—he has only time to look up to see Agent Jones standing over him, raising his gun a final time. Suddenly, Agent Jones stops. He hears a sharp metal click. Immediately, he, sw- he whirls around and turns straight into the muzzle of Trinity's forty-five, jammed tight to his head. Dodge this. Boom, boom, boom. The body flies back with a flash of mercurial light, and when it hits the ground, it is the pilot. Trinity helps Neo up. Neo, how did you do that? Do what? You moved like they moved. I've never seen anyone move like that, that fast. It wasn't fast enough. He checks his shoulder wound. Are you all right? Fine. Come on, we have to keep moving. Neo sees the helicopter. Can you fly that thing? Not yet. She pulls out the cellular phone. Interior. Hovercraft. Tank is back at the controls. Operator. Tank, I need a pilot program for a military B-212 helicopter. Tank is immediately (laughs) searching the disc drawers. Hurry! His fingers flash over the gleaming laser discs, finding one that he feeds into Trinity's supplement drive, punching the load commands on her keyboard. Exterior roof day. Trinity's eyes flutter as information surges into her brain. All the essentials of flying a helicopter are absorbed at light speed. Let's go. Interior, executive office day. Agent Jones throws open the door and enters, walking through the puddles, pulling in the carpet. Over the rushing water and the alarms, <laughs> Agent Smith hears a sound and understands the seriousness of the attack. He turns to the wall of windows at the helicopter as the helicopter drops into view. Neo is in the back bay, aiming the mounted fifty machine gun. No. The gun jumps and bullets explode through the window in a cacophony of crashing glass as the agents go for their weapons. But Neo is too close. The 50 caliber too fast and bullets are everywhere, perforating the room. Agent Jones is hit first, his body jackknifing back, blood arcing out with a sudden flash of light. Then Agent Brown, his gun still firing as his body falls. And finally, Agent Smith. Neo stares at Morpheus, trying to will him into action. Neo grabs the climbing rope and attaches one end to his harness. Interior, holiday. Just outside the executive office, three Marines blister with snow static. Interior, executive office, day. Slowly, Morpheus lifts his face into the room's rain. When he finally opens his eyes, they are again dark and flashing with fire. He rises from the chair, snapping his handcuffs just as 
the agents enter the adjoining room. Agent Smith stops and sees Morpheus run past the open door. No! He fires sweeping across the sheetrocked wall in a perfect line. For an instant, we see the bullets shred, puncturing the wall, searing through the wet air with jet trails of chalk. And as Morpheus starts his dive for the window, a bullet buries itself in his leg, knocking him off balance. He won't make it. Morpheus lunges out of control as Neo spins every move a whip crack, snapping the other rope end onto a bolted bar as Morpheus begins to fall when Neo hurls himself into the wide blue empty space flying for a moment. The rope snaking out behind him an umbilical cord attached to a machine as their two bodies set in motion, rushing at each other on a seemingly magnetic course until they collide. Almost bouncing free of each other, arms, legs scrambling, hands searching in furious desperation, finding hold and clinging. Until the line ends, snapping tout, cracking their fragile embrace. Morpheus tumbles, legs flipping over, falling down, the ground deliriously distant as Neo snatches hold of his mentor's still handcuffed wrist. Gotcha. Exterior, government building day. Trinity pulls the copter up and away as Agent Smith stands in the shattered window, aiming his gun out through the curtain of rain. Ponk, ponk, ponk. The rear hull is punched full of holes and smoke and oil pour out like black blood. Shit, shit, no. Neo hears the helicopter begin to die. Uh-oh. Trinity throws the helicopter towards the roof of the nearest building. Morpheus and Neo climb t- cling to one another as they and the machine above them begin to fall. The engine grinds. The chopping blades start t- to bl- slow while Trinity guides the parabolic fall under over the nearest roof where Neo and Morpheus drop safely. Rolling free as the rope goes slack, Neo gets to his feet trying to detach himself, but the helicopter is falling too fast, arcing over the roof like a setting sun. The coils of slack snap tout, uh, yanking Neo off his feet, dragging him with ferocious speed towards the edge, even as Trinity lunges for the back door, her gun in one hand, grabbing for the rope with the other. Neo flies like a skipping stone, hurling at the hurtling at the parapet when his feet hit the rain gutter and he levers up just as Trinity fires, severing the cord from the helicopter, falling free of it as it smashes blades first into a glass skyscraper. Holding on to the rope, she swings, connected to Neo, who stands on the building's edge, watching her arc beneath him as the helicopter explodes. She bounces against a shatterproof window that spider cracks out while flames erupt behind her. Interior, main deck. Tank stares at the screen, his mouth agape. I knew it! Exterior, rooftop day. Neo pulls Trinity up into his arms, both shaking. They hold each other again. Trinity looks at Neo. Morpheus, the Oracle. She told me. She told you exactly what 
you needed to hear. That's all. Sooner or later, Neil, you're going to have to realize, just like I did, the difference between knowing the path and walking the path. Interior, main deck. The phone rings. Spring! Tank. Goddamn! It's good to hear your voice, sir. We need an exit. Got one ready, man. Subway State and Bilbo. We're on our way. Exterior rooftop day. We rush at the roof access door as it suddenly slams open and the three agents charge out. But Neo, Trinity, and Morpheus are already gone. Damn it! The trace was complete. We have their position. Senegals are standing by. Agent Smith can't stand listening to them. He moves to the edge of the building, looking out at the surrounding city. They're not out yet. Interior subway station, day. An old man sits hunched in the far corner of the station. Shadows gathered around him like blankets. Mumbling, he nurses from a bottle of Thunderbird. (laughs) When a phone begins to ring. Ring! Neo leads Trinity and Morpheus bounding over a set of turnstiles towards the ringing phone inside a graffiti-covered booth. Let's go. You first, Morpheus. Morpheus gets in and answers the phone. Lost in the shadow, the old man watches as Morpheus disappears, the phone dropping, dangling by its cord. His eyes grow wide, glowing white in the dark. Exterior, rooftop day. Agent Smith stares, his face twisted with hate. He will never be free of the Matrix. He starts to turn from the edge of the building when he suddenly hears it, his head whipping back around, staring. Interior, subway, old man's point of view, day. Through the old man's eyes as the world begins to rumble. Trinity hangs up the phone, then turns to Neo. Neo, I have to tell you something. I don't know what it means or even if it matters, but I feel I have to say it. The rumble grows, the ground beginning to shake. I've never told anyone this before. I, th- I think I've been afraid to. Behind her, the phone begins to ring. Morning. When I went to the Oracle, she told me. She told me that I was going to fall in love. But the rumble rises, drowning her voice. Neo is drawn towards her, their lips close enough to kiss. When a train blasts into the station, for a moment they are frozen Morning. by the strobing lights of the train until Neo whispers in her ear. Promise me, you'll tell me the rest. She nods as he closes the booth. The phone rings once more before she (laughs) lifts the receiver when, in the darkness of the far corner, Neo sees the old man in the flashing train light as he becomes Agent Smith, raising a fistful of black gunmetal. No! The gun fires, the bullet flying at her, bursting through the plastic window just as Trinity disappears. The handset hanging in the air as the bullet hits, shattering the earpiece. Interior, hovercraft. Trinity blinks, shivering as her conscious exits the construct. Neo! What the hell just happened, yo? An agent! You have to send me back! I can't do that, bro. Interior, subway station, day. The destroyed phone dangles in the empty booth. Neo turns to Agent Smith, whose gun stares at him like a third eye. Mm, third Mr. eye. Mr. Anderson. 
Interior, main deck. Morpheus and Trinity stand behind tank, riveted to the scrolling code. Run, Neo, run! Interior. <clears throat> Interior, subway station, day. Neo looks at the dead escalator that rises up behind him. Slowly, he turns back, and in his eyes we see something different. Something fixed and hard like a gunfighter's resolve. There is no past or future in the, these eyes. There is only what it is. What is? Interior, <laughs> main deck. Trinity is unable to understand. What is he doing? Morpheus. <laughs> he is beginning to. Interior subway station day. Neo whip draws his gun with the flashpoint speed of lightning as Smith opens fire. Gun report thunders through the underground, both men blasting, moving at impossible speed. For a blinking moment, we enter bullet time. Gun flash tongues curl from Neo's gun. Bullets float forward like a plane moving across the sky, cartridges cartwheel into space. An instant later, they are nearly on top of each other, rolling up out of a move that is almost a mirrored reflection of the other, each jamming their gun tight to the other's head. They freeze in a kind of embrace, Neo sweating, panting, Agent Smith machine calm, Agent Smith smiles. You're empty. So are you. The smile falls. Agent Smith yanks his trigger. Click! Agent Smith's face warps with rage and he attacks, fist flying at furious speed, blows and counters. Neo retreating as a knife hand opens his firearm and a kick sends him slamming back against a steel column. Stunned, he ducks just under a punch that crunches into the beam. Steel chunks exploding like shrapnel behind him neo leaps into the air delivering a neck snapping reverse roundhouse agent smith's glasses fly off and he glares at neo his eyes ice blue i'm going to enjoy watching you die mr anderson agent smith attacks with unrelenting fury fists pounding Neo like jackhammers. Interior, hovercraft. Trinity watches Neo as his body jerks, mouth coughing blood. His life, his life signs going wild. Jesus, he's killing him! Interior, subway station, day. Agent Smith grabs hold of him, lifting him into the air, hurling him against the curved wall of the train tunnel, where he falls inches from the electrified third rail. The agent is about to jump down and press his attack when he hears something. From deep in the tunnel, like an animal cry, a burst of high-speed metal grinding against metal, the sound of an oncoming train. Neo tries to get up. Exactly. Agent Smith jumps down onto the tracks and drop kicks him in the face. The world again begins to shake, rumbling as a train nears. You hear that, Mr. Anderson? Agent Smith grabs Neo in a chokehold, forcing him to look down the tracks, the train's headlight burning a hole in the darkness. That is the sound of inevitability. Neo sees it coming, he starts to fight. It is the sound of your death. There is an 
closer and closer as Agent Smith tightens his hold. Uh, Neo is unable to breathe. Goodbye, Mr. Anderson. The train roars at them. Swallowing Agent Smith's words, the veins bulge in Neo's head as he grits through the pain. He is not ready to die. My name is Neo. If possibly, he hurls himself straight up, smashing Smith across the concrete ceiling of the tunnel. They fall as the sound and fury of the train explodes into the station. Neo backflips up off the tracks just as the train barrels over Agent Smith. Neo stands, knees shaking, when the train slams on its emergency brake. When an, with an ear-splitting shriek of tortured rails, the train slows, part of it still in the station. Neo turns, limping, starting to run, racing for the ex- escalator. As the train comes to a stop and the doors of the last car open, Agent Smith bursts out in furious pursuit, his glasses again intact. Tank searches the Matrix. What just happened? I don't know. I lost him. He's on the run. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got involved. <laughs> Go, Morpheus, sorry. <laughs> oh, shit. Morpheus bolts to the ladder interior cockpit Morpheus climbs into the cockpit on the hologram radar he sees the sentinels oh no Trinity is behind him how long five minutes maybe six Morpheus lifts the headset Hank charge the EMP yes sir recover your cock (laughs) 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 you can't use that until Neo is out I know Trinity. Don't worry. He's going to make it. Exterior, city street, day. A businessman (laughs) walks along the sidewalk, wheeling and dealing into his cell phone when it disappears, snatched by Neo as he flashes by. What the shit? My phone! (laughs) The man turns to call for help, and when he turns back, it is Agent Smith. Neo is in a full-out sprint, spinning and weaving away from every pedestrian, every potential agent. He flips open the cell phone and dials long distance. Interior, hovercraft, tank answers. Operator. (laughs) Mr. Wizard, get me the hell out of here. Exterior, city street, day. Neo dives down an alley. Agent Smith starting to gain. Hurry, tank. I got some serious pursuit. Interior, hovercraft. The keyboard is clicking. Tank searches for an exit. Trinity screams into the headset. Neo, you better get your ass back here. Exterior ally, alley. Um, Agent Smith stops and takes him. I'm trying, Trinity. I'm trying. A bullet shatters the image of Neo in a truck's rearview mirror. Interior, main deck. Tank speed reads the reams of Matrix code. I got a patch on an old exit in Wabash and Lake, a hotel, room 303. I think we opened the movie with this. (laughs) (laughs) Exterior, open market. Neo spins away, turning, and finds himself in an open market that teems with people. He kamikazes his way down the little avenues lined with vendors and shops careening through the labyrinth about out of control and at every turn there is an agent appearing from crowds behind fish counters 
tent flaps, and crates. Exterior alley. He dives from the maze down a service alley, but it is a dead end. Neo turns back as the agents emerge from the market. Uh, help. A little help. <laughs> Interior main deck. Tank frantically scans the monitor like a road map. Exterior alley. Neo dives for it, but... It's locked. Kick it in, dude. <laughs> Peeling back, Neo almost kicks the door from its hinges, lunging from the agent's bullets. Interior apartment building staircase. Neo brings, springs up the old crooked apartment building stairs. Interior apartment building hall. Neo is halfway down the hall, running in sharp, long strides when a door explodes open at the end. Shit, the door on the left. Neil lurches, kicking in an apartment door. No, dude, the other left. Asshole. <laughs> he whirls back to his other left, battering through, battering oh, through no. the door, which <laughs> splinters perforated by bullets. An old woman watches TV as Neo blurs past her and into her kitchen where another woman is chopping vegetables. That window! <laughs> Neo throws it open, leaping for the fire escape just as a knife buries itself in the window casing. Down, down, dude! Exterior apartment building fire escape. Tumbling down the rattling fire escape, Neo leaps the last ten feet into the alley below with Agent Brown tight around right behind him neo scrapes himself to his feet broken and bleeding charging for the end of the alley interior main deck finger on the monitor tank traces neo's path that's it man you're almost there it's the fire escape in the, end of the alley Take it. exterior heart of the city hotel day agent smith suddenly pauses as if recognizing something the faded neon buzzes Heart of the City Hotel. Interior. Hovercraft. Tank loads the exit. I'm going to make the call. Do it. Suddenly the lights go red. No! Morpheus looks up. No. Here they come. Exterior. Sewer main. The sentinels open and shift like killer kaleidoscopes as they attack, slamming down on the never Interior. Hovercraft. The hovercraft... Moves down as they hit. Morpheus opens the lock on the MP detonator. Trinity watches him. Exterior alley day. Neo scrambles up the fire escape. Bullets sparking and ricocheting around him as Agents Brown and Jones close the gap. Interior hall, day. On the third floor, he kicks in the window, jumping into the hall. The doors count backwards. 310, 309. Interior, main deck. Another system alarm sounds. They've burnt... I don't know why I read that. Hurry, Neo. Interior hall, day. Neo can hear the... That <laughs> Agent Brown uh, reaches the broken window behind him just as Neo grabs the handle of 303, throwing open the door to find Agent Smith waiting. 45 caught. Neo can't move, can't think. Boom! Interior, main deck. Neo's body jerks, and everyone hears it as the life monitors snap flatline. 
Trinity screams. Morpheus stumbles back in disbelief. Lasers suddenly sear through the main deck as the sentinels slice open the hole. Interior hall day. Three holes in his chest. Neo falls to the blue shag carpeting. Blue blood smearing down the wallpaper. Agent Smith stands over him, still aiming, taking no chances. Check it. Interior main deck. Amid the destruction reigning around her, Trinity takes hold of Neo's body. Neo. Interior hall. Day. Kneeling beside him, Agent Brown checks his vital signs. He's gone. Agent Smith smiles, standing over him. Goodbye, Mr. Anderson. Interior main deck. In tears, Morpheus takes hold of the EMP switch. Trinity whispers in Neo's ear. Neo, please listen to me. I promise to tell you the rest. The Oracle. She told me that I'd fall in love and that man, the man I loved, would be the one. You see? You can't be dead, Neo. You can't be because I love you. You hear me? I love you. Her eyes close and she kisses him, believing in all her heart that he will feel her lips and know that they speak the truth. Interior, hotel hall, day, he does, and they do! His eyes snap open. Interior, main deck, Trinity screams, ah! As the monitors jump back to life, Tank and Morpheus look at each other. It is a miracle. Now get up! Interior, hall, day, holding his chest, Neo struggles to get up. At the end of the hall, the agents wait for the elevator when Agent Smith glances back. He rips off his gun- sunglasses, looking at Neo as if he were looking at a ghost. Neo gets to his feet, all three agents grabbing for their guns. As one, they fire. No. Neo raises his hands, and the bullets, like a cloud of obedient bees, slow and come to a stop. They hang frozen in space, fixed like stainless steel sta- stars. The agents are unable to absorb what they are seeing. Neo plucks one of the bullets from the air. We see him and the hall reflected in the bright casing. We move closer until the bullet fills our vision. And the distorted... Hold on. (laughs) Reflection morphs. I lost my place. Becoming the real image. He drops the bullet and the others fall to the floor. Neo looks out, now able to see through the curtain of the matrix. For a moment, the walls, the floor, even the agents become a rushing stream of code. Interior, main deck, all three stare transfixed with awe as the scrolling code accelerates faster and faster as if the machine language was unable to keep up or perhaps describe what is happening. They begin to blur into streaks, shimmering ribbons of light that open like windows as each screen fills with brilliant, saturated color images of Neo standing in the hall. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) How? Morpheus? How? (laughs) Morpheus. <laughs> Morpheus. <laughs> I can't find my lines. 
He's the one. He's the one. An explosion shakes the entire ship. Interior hall. Agent Smith screams. His calm, machine-like expression, shredding with pure rage. He rushes Neo. His attack is ferocious, but Neo blocks each blow easily. Then, with one quick strike to the chest, he sends Agent Smith flying backwards. For the first time since their inception, the agents know fear. Agent Smith gets up, bracing himself as Neo charges him and springs into a a dive, but the impact doesn't come. Neo sinks into Agent Smith, disappearing, his tie and coat rippling as if he were a deep pool of water. Spinning around, he looks to the others and feels something, like a tremor before a quake. Something deep, something that is going to change everything. Suddenly, a searing sound stabs through his earpiece, as his chest begins to swell. Then balloon as Neo bursts up out of him and with a final death scream, Agent Smith Smith explodes like an empty husk in a brilliant cacophony of light, his shards spinning away, absorbed by the Matrix until only Neo is left. Neo faces the remaining agents. They look at each other, the same idea striking simultaneously. They run! Interior, main deck. Sentinels are everywhere, destroying the ship. Neo! Interior, hall. Again, he hears her. He reacts to the ringing phone. Rushing toward it, even as. Interior, main deck. A sentinel descends toward Morpheus. On the screen, we see Neo dive for the phone as... Now! Morpheus turns the key. Interior, overflow pit. A blinding shock of light. White light. Floods the chamber. Sentinels blink and fall instantly dead, filling the pit with their cold metal carcasses. Interior, hovercraft. In the still darkness, only the humans are alive. Neo? His eyes open. Tears pour from her smiling eyes as he reaches up to touch her, and she kisses him. It seems like it might last forever. (laughs) Fade to black. Fade in. Close on computer screen, as in the opening. The cursor beating steadily, waiting. A phone begins to ring. It is answered, and the screen fills instantly with the trace program. After a long beat, we recognize Neo's voice. Neo. It's me. I know you're out there. I can feel you now. We close in on the racing columns of numbers shimmering across the screen. I imagine you can also feel me. The numbers begin to lock into place. You won't have to search for me anymore. I'm done running. Done hiding. Whether I'm done fighting, I suppose, is up to you. We glide in towards the screen. I believe deep down... We both want this world to change. I believe that the Matrix can remain our cage, or or it can become our chrysalis. That's what you helped me to understand. That to be free, you cannot change your cage. You have to change yourself. We dive through the numbers, surging up through the darkness, sucked towards a tight constellation of stars. When I used to look out at this world, 
All I could see was its edges, its boundaries, its rules and controls, its leaders and laws. But now I see another world, a different world where all things are possible, a world of hope, of peace. We realize that the constellation is actually the holes in the mouthpiece of a phone, seen from inside. I can't tell you how to get there, but I know if you can free your mind, you'll find the way. Exterior, street, phone booth. We shoot through the holes as Neo hangs up the phone. He steps out of the phone and slides on a pair of glass sunglasses. He looks up and we rise, higher and higher, until the city is miles below. After a moment, Neo blasts by us, his long black coat billowing like a black leather cape as he flies faster than a speeding bullet. Fade out. The oh. end. That's it. <laughs> Come on. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being here. That was so fun. <laughs>